0: Big bird Eagle signing with MVP. He will be coming on to discuss all about it. We have Gannon signing with Dysmania. mania. We have a little bit of player movement, a little bit of what the heck is going on with some players. We'll try to speculate where we think they will end up. We have a great wild story of the week to tell you guys the disc golf pro tour. They just decided to announce a bunch of very interesting things. So we'll go through that. See how we feel about it. We've got your guys' listener questions as always. And then a little bit of tour life, a little tour, I'm, I'm on the wrong side. There it is. A little tour life merch to talk about too at the very, very end of the show. But before we get into it, Yuli, how's it going, brother?
1: It's good, man. How about yourself? Good week? I was trying to, did I, did I talk
0: about the snowstorm driving? Was that, when was that? Was that I wasn't last... on
1: this. I
0: haven't talked about that? I don't think so. I, I, I get confused sometimes with what I've talked about. All right, so let me tell you this story real quick. Yeah, we know <laughs> we're we're driving <laughs> we're driving from Vegas to Dallas. We wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning. It's a 17 hour drive. We have three corgis and a cat, so it's not it's not a. When I did the Dallas to Vegas drive, I stopped three times for gas, each about 10 minutes or so. So I got there in like 17 and a half, 17 hours and 45 minutes. With the dogs, we have to stop. We have to, you know, run them around a little bit. They have to use the restroom. So Mm -hmm. I was playing about 20 hours drive. So we'd be getting in kind of uh, late, but it is doable to do all in one day, right? We start driving and it's bad. This snowstorm is absolutely miserable. It's really, really bad. We get to a point where Kelsey's like, hey, the, um, you know, the, the maps is telling me we need to redirect. Like there's like a crash or something, which makes sense because when we're driving through Arizona, you oh, it doesn't I know
1: this. Doesn't, I know where it takes you. Oh, it doesn't my. snow.
0: It doesn't snow that often in Arizona, and so people don't know how to drive. So I'm like, yeah, let's get out. Let's do this. I'm looking on the map, and in my head, I'm not thinking that I'm doing a 17 hour drive, and that this little segment. Is actually a lot bigger than what it was on the map. So I'm thinking, oh yeah, let's just do this little 10, 10 mile, five mile detour, and we'll get right back on the highway, and we're fine. Yuli, we go on these back roads <laughs> yeah, I know that where have not, they've not been treated, not been plowed, <laughs> not do anything. It's so windy, and it's so it's snowing so hard. Our our uh, vision is like five feet. So we've got our hazards on. We're driving right in the middle of the road going 30 miles an hour. That was the fastest that we've, it's a 60 mile an hour speed limit. We're going 30. That's the fastest we felt comfortable for. We were on these back roads for three and a half hours. (laughs) We went, we went 90, uh, like 85 miles
1: in three and a half hours. Like just. Did it take you down like this windy little cliff area too?
0: We couldn't see anything. Julie. Yeah. We oh, couldn't, you're,
1: you're lucky. You couldn't see. We couldn't I know see where it anything. took you. I know it where was, it took you. It
0: was. So obviously when we got back on the highway, I told her, I was like, babe, listen, um, we're not making it in one day. Like I've got my mountain dew trick up my sleeve, but <laughs> that, that gets me like an extra two hours, three hours. We're not making it in one day. And so, uh, we ended up stopping, uh, you know, stayed the night, woke up the next morning and comfortably did it. But, that was uh that was pretty much my big story this past week is just the, the crazy drive that we had into Dallas through a snowstorm.
1: Dude, picture this: so Vegas to well, we went from Michigan to Arizona for mm-hmm. the memorial way back when we fir- when I first signed with Discraft. They gave us that RV, and it was Brian and myself. I'd never driven an RV before, neither had Brian. On the trip, Brian crashed the the, the RV one time. He ran, we went through a toll. I say crash. We went through. I'm sleeping in the back. We're going through this toll booth, I guess. And he just rips the side of it through the toll booth. I get up. I'm like, oh, my gosh. What the heck was that? Go out there. He's just white knuckling it. Me and Bob <laughs> look at each other. We're like, hey, Brian, like, what was that? And he's like, "Yeah, I might have clipped, <laughs> might have clipped the <laughs> toll booth." We're like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, uh, all part of the process." Me and Bob look at each other. We're like, "No, crashing the RV is not part of the process." That was the beginning of our trip. We run into the craziest snowstorm. It takes us this exact same way in the RV. Same story. Thirty miles an hour less. I'm going worst. fifteen. There's cliffs on both sides. The RV is sliding towards the cliffs down this thing. It took us forever. It was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. My first time driving an RV.
0: Did you put like the chains on the RV wheels? I've seen people do that. No,
1: there was none of that. No, we didn't know we were going into this crazy snowstorm. It was Arizona. Mm -hmm. It took us so long. And after that, I felt like I was a professional RV driver. Nothing fazed me after that. You know, my first ever time was cliff, a foot of snow in the middle of the road. It was, we didn't see another car. It was bonkers, but I totally, I totally get the, what you went through, man. It's, it's scary.
0: It's super dicey. Kelsey almost got taken out by a semi because (laughs) no. Because, you know, you would see the cars in front of you start sliding. And so you're like, I need yeah. to get over to where it's like, you know, little in the middle of the roads, a little bit safer. And so she would like start peeling over the middle of the road. And I guess in this two, you know, two lanes going the same direction, this one semi was just cruising. And so as Kelsey peeled over that semi, was like, I'm not stop, I can't stop. Like I'm, I got to go. And <laughs> I was about to slam my uh, horn to kind of like, start like you know get her attention to be like hey stop but i was like maybe she'll freak out and go the wrong way so she has held it in this i mean this thing missed her by a foot and a half going like 45 miles an hour um so it is it is super super dicey but we made it here all safely the boys are loving life um our cat loves it back here she has her cat tower that she messes around with so do you like dallas more
1: than vegas
0: yes yes Mm -hmm. you do so you're yeah. happy
1: to be back in Dallas. That's good.
0: This is, a, I mean, we have a very nice house here that yeah. we just, that we just bought before I went on tour and I, I didn't really get that much time in to spend it in here. Mm-hmm. And so the like, coming back during the off season and like not being able to hang out here. Uh, yeah. It wasn't ideal. So, I mean, it got to the point where Kelsey was like, Hey, I thought I had to be here all the way up through pro bowl. But I actually can fly back for Pro Bowl. So she's like, let's get out of here, ASAP. So I think it was two days after her final practice or final thing that she needed to do with the Raiderettes. We just we just bounced. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. So all right. Uh, before we jump into uh, any of the big announcements and stories that went down in disc golf, we do have an ad. So we will play that video now. Thank you to our sponsors. We'll jump right back into the podcast with your happiness and preventing you from achieving goals. just a very different way. is We'll jump right back into the podcast, but before I do want to talk to you guys about today's sponsor. Is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in this world who is going through a hard time, therapy can give you the tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched up with a therapist. There's a link in the description down below. All you have to do is do betterhelp.com foundation. And by clicking that link today, you can get 10% off your first month on BetterHelp. So you can connect with a therapist and see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating, if you don't really fit with a therapist, which is a common thing in therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stressing about insurance, who's in your network or anything like that. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com foundation. That is betterhelp.com foundation. And again, thank you so much to our sponsor today, BetterHelp. All right, Silas. Uh trying to get that ad read out to you guys real quick.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys weren't expecting that extra story I threw in there, I think.
0: <laughs> we got, I mean, we got uh we got Eagle coming on in 15 minutes, Silas. You don't need a you don't need to rush it, brother. We got we got time, dude. We got time. <laughs> like 2x speed. They were saying in the chat, auctioneer. Uh I was I was that was my auctioneer voice. Oh, like um, Which would be cool. All right, let's uh I do want to talk a little bit about. Eagles deal before he comes on uh, mainly because there was a, a little bit of an interaction that was had on Twitter that I would love to kind of get your ideas behind. But uh, first, what did you end up watching or have you had the chance to watch the announcement video? I did. With, yeah. What, what'd you think about that?
1: I thought it was good. I would thought it was think, fun. Yeah. what do you
0: think about the way that they, that uh, MVP kind of You know, again, I think it's different in where I'm sitting because I had pretty good sources tell me that he was going to MVP. Yeah. So this, this idea of like, Oh, I don't know where he's going, but if you were on the fence, there was a lot of people that thought he might go to Innova. So this, this uh, idea that MVP was posting these photos and kind of leading people down the wrong uh, path to then just kind of switch it at the last minute with, the Simon reveal to the pixel to Eagle. What would you think about that whole marketing and and plan?
1: I liked it. I think that it, uh, you know, they're big. Well, to my, the way I look at it is it looks like they're, you know, bringing the crush boys back together. And I think they, that's what they wanted to do. And I think they did a good job in that video. Yeah.
0: I thought it was really well executed. It definitely showed, you know, what, what I think some of these companies can do when they actually sit down and come up with a plan, like obviously they had that planned out far in advance with all their individual posts leading up to it. So I thought it was really, really good. Um, Let's jump into this interaction real quick with me and Ricky on social media. So one of the most, we all know, one of the most uh, reliable sources in disc golf news is reddit comments, right? That's that's where <laughs> that's where you know you're going to you get the, the good leaks. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I had Riley GN tweet me this. He said, "Can't make this stuff up. Ricky's Caddy leaking player movement." So this is some I don't even know what post this was on, but some sort of reddit post and they're talking kind of about like Gannon Burr Eagle, one's the, you know, they're talking about the situation with them leaving. And this guy says, Three points. He says, first, Eagle is 25. He hasn't even hit his athletic prime. Second, Eagle sells far more discs than Gannon due to having a way larger following. And then third, he says, Dismania would have 100% preferred to keep Eagle as Eagle would have made them a lot more money. But MVP is giving him an offer that Dismania cannot match. Same exact thing that happened with Simon. And yes, Eagle is signing with MVP. Ricky's caddy let me know yesterday that it's a done deal. So I obviously tweeted at once I got that, I obviously tweet out with, you know, we've Ricky and me have gone to go back and forth a little bit because the whole TMZ stuff with the bogey bros and Hunter saying his contract before this uh, dynamic Dis and him announcing it. So we've gone back and forth a little bit and Ricky obviously is super anti don't, don't leak anything. Don't spread anything. So I thought it was comical that this person sent me this and it was Ricky's cat. And the person he's saying is Ricky's caddy is the one leaking it. So I tweeted out saying, I hope this isn't true. Ricky. I thought you were against leaking contracts. Now knowing Twitter and what, what Twitter's at a bunch of people, I think took that to be uh, an aggressive tweet when in fact it was more of a sarcastic tweet. And I thought it was kind of funny. So Ricky Set this all straight and says, as I've always said, anytime you hear from my camp, I won't be leaking deals. Tune into Eagle's channel if you want to find out where he's going. He's the one that deserves the hype during this time, not me. And then also someone found um, Ricky's caddy in a MVP Facebook group, I think. And I basically said... His caddy said, let me, uh, LOL. It won't let me comment, but it's the first time I feel kind of important that people think I'm special enough to know that kind of information. Last person we are worried about is Eagle and what he is doing. We focus on some majors in elite series, but Hey man, speculate away. So, um, so there was back and forth. There was a lot of people coming after me. There was people coming after Ricky. And obviously, people are on different sides of the fence. The one thing that I thought was, you know, again, it's a funny post. But the one thing that I thought was very interesting is if you were just going to make something up, why, why make up Ricky's caddy? Like, why is that the person you go to?
1: That what, just seems. What do you mean, make up? I lost you for a second. Yeah. Okay, so,
0: so Ricky, Ricky and his caddy are claiming that whoever posted this Reddit comment saying that they know for a fact Eagles signing with MVP because Ricky's caddy told him personally that he's signing with MVP, Ricky and Ricky's caddy are saying, that's not true. Oh, okay. they are claiming that that's not true. So for me, it's just what it's, it's, it's a weird person. If you're making something up, it's just a weird person to make up. Like this isn't some random Reddit thread, right? It's like, this person's not trying to, so that that's the only thing is it, it seems a little bit weird to me. And so, I, I tweeted this out and I want to take your, I want to have your take on this. I said, I can't imagine what would happen if disc golf got bigger and brought more journalists, more YouTube channels, trying to get eyeballs. I poke fun every now and again on here and people flip, flip out. I quit. I should probably should, I should have said some people flip out. Not everyone flips out. I question if those people have any clue what's going on in other sports. And what I mean by that, let me just, let me again, cause some people take that and say, well, you played ultimate Frisbee. That's not a real sport. What I mean by that is if you follow other sports, if you follow the NFL, if you follow the NBA, if you follow other big sports, there are thousands of articles every week written about, written about players, coaches, GMs, owners. There is so much stuff. There is message boards. I mean, if you think, like disc golf has a crazy message board with Reddit. Like there are multiple NFL teams, just NFL teams that have message boards that are twice as big as that. So what I mean by that is as the sport grows and if it does grow, there are going to be multiple people and we've we've seen it already on YouTube. There are multiple people creating content now on YouTube that weren't creating content two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. And so this idea that, stuff is just going to always stay under the radar that to me just sounds crazy
1: i no. i i think you're right i think uh first of all i think what it comes down to when things like this and um leaking information or what have you it comes down to reliable sources reliable you know you look at like like you said the nfl nba they make sure they put that a reliable source not just a source because things leak all the time. Things leak all Mm -hmm. the time. When I'm talking to my buddies and I'm speculating about what's going on, I don't really know because I'm not involved at the very top, but I have my sources. Some of them are reliable and sometimes it's just me talking to somebody and being like, hey, this is where I think. Now, if I come out and say, hey, this is where he's going. That's different, yeah. That's different because that's a reliable source. I'm a reliable source in the industry. If Brad Hammock, my caddy, comes out and says, I think that this is where he's going, pretty reliable source. It's not coming from me. It's not as reliable, but it's a pretty reliable source. You know what I'm saying? So what you have to, I guess the question is, is, is Fern a reliable source in this thing? Maybe, but is the guy who's saying, hey, this guy told me, yes. is that guy reliable? No.
0: No, no. So it doesn't matter. But it goes back to my point. It's just a. It's a very odd person to just throw out. If he's lying, if that guy straight up is lying, and Ricky's caddy never told him that Eagle is going to MVP. That's just a very weird person to make a lot. But
1: what I'm saying in in this in what you're saying, it doesn't matter because that's not a reliable source. Whether he's telling the truth or whether he's not. That's the yeah, way I look at it.
0: I agree. Like that person coming out and saying that you can't, not everyone is going to jump on and say, Eagle's going to MVP and, versus if yeah. someone from MVP yeah. came out or Eagle yeah. himself came out.
1: Yes. I, yeah. I, I, agree. I I know what you're saying. Yeah. And so like when so, something there's going to be hundreds of people saying, oh yeah, this person told me or this person told me and he talked to this guy and that guy's completely telling the truth. It doesn't matter because whether he's telling the truth, whether he's not, there's going to be 50, 50 people being like, eh, I don't believe him. Or, Ooh, yeah. Well, I heard you get yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah. The, the,
0: the reason I just said soft, you know, some, people, some, some people, again, some people in disc golf are soft is because like, just, you got to get used to this, right? Like right now at our press conferences, we have the disc golf pro tour. Some, a, a person from the disc golf pro tour asking questions they normally are asking like very cookie cutter questions. How, how does your game feel? Um, what, what do you think about the changes of the course? Uh, Do you like your chances of winning here? It's very cookie cutter questions.
1: And it's the same people every single time. It's
0: the same people. Yes. What is going to happen if all of a sudden three or four journalists or people that started their own blogs or whatever, they're now there and they're trying to get clicks or they're trying to get a soundbite or they're trying to ask a really tough question. Like what happens when that starts? And I get it. People are going to be like, well, I don't want that on my sport. And it's like, at the end of the day, you can't really, control, matter. you can't really yeah. control that that much. It's That's like, just
1: what happens in sports.
0: Exactly. As things get bigger and bigger, these things will happen And this notion of like, I want to keep the sport the way it is. And we're going to talk, I'm going to talk to Eagle about this. Cause Eagle actually has an interesting take. Um, someone sent me a v- video of him talking about this in one of his interviews that he did earlier, and it's like I always think those people, it, it, whenever, and I and I heard this in ultimate, and I don't hear it as much in disc golf, which gives me hope. But in ultimate, I would hear people all at the same time, like, "Yeah, I want the sport to grow, but I want it to grow with the right people." Yeah, and it's like when you start controlling and you start trying to really make it. a a super controlled element of who can come in what companies are allowed in to me that's just that just sets you up for a a bad bad future it just doesn't i think it needs to be everyone's allowed in and then we all can make our own judgments on whether we like this company or whether we don't like this company this idea of like well i I want the sport to grow but it's got to be
1: the right people like what who are you to say that man yeah, I don't I don't think it I don't think it matters. I think it's it's people are gonna have their stories and like let's say that I decide I wanna go to a new company. Like there's gonna be all kinds of speculation and that and that's part of the fun, I feel mm-hmm. like. And if somebody who I'm close to says, Yeah, I think he's going here, I don't care because at the end of the day there's still gonna be speculation. Like Harbaugh just said, uh, just met with the Chargers. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. ESPN announced that. Does that mean that he's going there? No. It's bra-
0: breaking news now. Yeah, Interviews are breaking news. Breaking
1: yeah. news, yeah. So like it's just it's just part of sports. I mean, and people does, are- that, does that mean he's going there? No, but people are gonna now speculate. It creates more stories, it creates more hype for the NFL. It gets people talking in the um in college sports too. I mean, I mean, it's just it's just part, it's part of sports. That's what I love about it too. I love that there's all kinds of different stories going around. There needs to be more.
0: Yeah. Right now we have, you know, it started with James Conrad being, you know, his van being seen at MVP headquarters. Then we had Chris Clemens' van being seen at this That's Good Dis, stuff to me. This ha- wait until we start getting private jets and people start f- tracking, hey. tracking people's flights and being like, Oh wait, Yuli just got on a flight to, uh, I actually don't even know where yeah, in this. I just
1: saw are. you Lee, in the airport. He's going here. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah, like, exactly. Like all that stuff's good. It's good for the sport. I don't. I don't know why people are trying to like be so hush hush about about this and that. Um, especially if you're now, I understand Ricky trying to keep it quiet in his camp. That's what he wants. That's good. He's allowed to control his. He's allowed to control people. He's That's allowed to thing. control his environment, but he can't control other people's deal yeah. and what they do. My, my whole thing it. is, like,
0: is if, if you really, if you, because I don't care. I honestly don't care. But if you do care and you want to take the stance of, like, the player and the company are the only two people that should announce anything or have any sort of, like, this is what's happening, then stop telling people. Literally stop telling people.
1: Yep. I, that, we, we've it, said that before. Yeah, keep your mouth yeah, shut.
0: Yeah, just, just zip it. Zip it. Um, all right. Eagle is in the wings pun intended. We're going to bring him on. We've been trying to get Eagle on the podcast for a while now. It took him basically making the biggest announcement in the 2023-2024 season. We now have Eagle with us on tour life for the first time. Eagle, congratulations first off on on the new big deal, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, we we are excited. I know you've been really busy this week. I know you've been doing a yep. bunch of uh, podcasts and stuff. I know you've got stuff going on tonight, so we'll hopefully have you in and out of here, but we do have a lot of questions. I love it. The, the first one I got to ask, what happened with the YouTube video? <laughs> <laughs> that was so
2: frustrating. So I upload the video because I'm going to the MVP warehouse and I have like a four day trip up there. Uh, the video is going to get posted on the Monday coming home. So I want it on my YouTube channel. I uploaded it private, think everything's fine. I the, the issue was I put it on a playlist Ooh, that was yes. public. Yes. That's how it got out. But it was still listed as private, but I sent it over to Simon because I wanted to get his opinion. So I had to put it to unlisted. So there's like this weird loophole where there's an unlisted video on a p- public playlist. So like th- three you people can find saw it. Yeah. But I like saw the view count go up by like three views, and I thought those were like me or Simon. So I was <laughs> like, what's even going on? And yeah, that's how that's, it happened.
0: Those are your those are your most loyal fans because the only way to find that is literally to by going into that playlist and then looking through all the videos and seeing that one. So that makes a lot of sense because people, you know, I, I was I was trying to speculate what happened because I was like, Eagle would have had hundreds of people get notified that a new video was posted if you actually posted the video uh so that's that makes a whole lot of sense uh uh, with hey shout out to that one guy man that's you got to send that guy a disc or something that that is like your most loyal fan the one that actually ended up finding the thumbnail He's just digging through Eagles playlists all day. <laughs>
2: yeah. That, that's crazy. He'd just be scouring my page. Just, he must have a, the screen up all
1: day. Right. Yeah. And, and recording everything. He's just like, I'm going to find something. <laughs> I'm going to find something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He just, Oh, you there guys, it is. Got it. Got him. Well, you remember with
0: Ricky, people were like, they, they found out the dynamicdis.com slash like Wysaki or Ricky Wysaki page was built. And then, uh, that got out. And then all of a sudden, like, Dynamic had one for every single player to try to so it's always it's always fun in games I'm sure when it comes to the speculation. Um the other question I had on YouTube, what is the uh what's the deal with uploading all your Patreon your old Patreon videos um on YouTube.
2: Well, I just was going through my YouTube channel like essentially trying to clean everything out uh and I just figured these videos have like no views on them and why not just post them so i just figured let them out in the public i wasn't too sure if they were going to all go to everybody's feed um they will the the, the funny the the funniest thing is like they're just all old videos from like the past couple years and the one title was uh mvp plus gmc vlog and like (laughs) that that video has like ten thousand views right now just because of the title. I'm like, Oh my gosh, people are trying to find anything they can.
0: <laughs> yeah. We, we were seeing, I, I mean, I've seen all sorts of things of people sending me tweets of like outlining the MVP and the mountains and stuff. Yeah. It's, it gets, it gets wild. Um, did you, another thing that I had people send me was that you ended up following MVP and streamline. Did you follow everyone on Instagram or did you just follow those two accounts prior? Well, I, I, I've been
2: follow, I have been following them because oh, okay. yeah, I've just had been curious. I guess it probably, it was a mistake on my part to be following them, but I didn't really think anything of it, but I don't know. It was still, it was still speculation. i people, people figured it out, but I feel like we did a decent job keeping it secret, but the speculation became so strong that it just became what everyone was thinking
0: what uh i mean you've been you've been in disc golf for a while now do you like that it's headed this direction where this many people care where you're going or do you wish it was maybe 10 years ago where social media wasn't even that big there weren't that many people kind of following it to where you can kind of just go literally drive your van that has your name on it with your photo, you know, your image on it to wherever you want and no one's really going to say anything. What are your, what are your thoughts on kind of the way that disc golf off season movement is headed?
2: I'm somewhat impartial to it all. I, I have been thinking this a lot, like a lot of disc golf is turning into Like, what's the latest scoop? Almost like a TMZ. And I really don't like that aspect of the sport because what I got into was this grassroots game that it was involved with the community. And there's still that, but it's becoming a lot more uh, drama involved. But at the same time, it's a double-edged sword because it's giving people more opportunities to play that game I love. So I see both sides of it. Um, I lean more towards the grassroots side, but it kind of is just what it is.
1: Yeah, you, you 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 go ahead, Yuli. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, like, so with all the movement and everything, being a high profile player, you also hear where other like let's just give like Ganon, for example. Like, be being in the position that you're in, you kind of have your little birdies, just like we have our little birdies, and you know where people are going and where they're not going and and everything. I feel like it's inevitable that it, that, that stuff gets out. Are you like So with your stuff, you said everybody kind of knew MVP, but there is like this, to me, there's like still the little edge of maybe not, you know, maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's good that there's that little speculation or would you rather it just be completely hush hush somehow and nobody know, which is impossible because I feel like I have a good idea of where people are going. I don't know because I don't have the last say, but like for the Gannon situation, did you know where he was going? Especially being in, you know, right there in Discmania.
2: Well, Gannon came to Colorado mid-December and came to my house to buy discs off me. So, <laughs> but I was trying to keep MVP a secret from him, so it was it, it, it was Gannon, oh, no um, Schlebach, <laughs> Gavin Babcock, and Alden all came and. I didn't think they knew about MVP. I'm sure they had their speculations, but they came to my house and just, they handed me a glitch. It's like, Merry Christmas. And I'm like, like, I don't, I don't know what this is, but I was, kept, I kept it us. I put all my MVP discs in the, in the closet, but Gannon or no Gavin figured it out because I bought a new TV. And he was like, he's a Packers fan. The Packers are playing. So, I named my TV. Oh no, Prism Proton. So when he was about <laughs> to AirPlay to the TV, he's like, he started cracking up. He's like, "What's this? What's this?" The the, the like the most unlikely things are going to happen. Like this, the secret. So funny. It's so hard to keep a secret, yeah. even though I felt like I did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I knew Gannon's secret. He knew mine. So we we did a good job keeping it. Yeah keeping it hush hush but uh you know uh, with great power comes great responsibility like obviously i i remember when paul signed his first discraft contract i was in the room when he was talking with his agent and like i knew about all that and of course you want to tell everybody because it's like exciting and you get a buzz off of it but you know me personally, I'm. I don't want to ruin anyone's secret. Yeah. That said, it's human nature. Secrets gonna slip out, and there's, there's a lot that you can do. And if you want to go to uh, whatever length that you can to keep it, then by by all means. But you know, it's it's tough. It's it's very tough. Yeah.
0: And I think there's a massive, we, we, me and Yuli were kind of talking about this before. I think it's a, there's a massive difference between someone like you going on Twitter or Instagram or in a YouTube video and being like, oh yeah, Ganon's going to Dismania," versus you maybe speculating based off of something else, right? Like if you just go out and say it, that's way different. And we've seen that happen in the past with some players. So I'm with you on that is I, I don't know. But again, I've, me and you have said this a thousand times. Like if you don't want anyone to know, just like, don't tell anyone. Just like, that's the, the easiest tough, way. The
2: toughest thing from my perspective is I, I have a handful of other sponsors and they're like wondering like, can oh. you resign with it? So it's like whale sex, for example, I had to say that I can't continue my relationship with them just because what my MVP contract said. So I'm like, all right, well, sorry, but I got to, I got to cut ties for this next contract. So right then it's like, I'm not really telling them, but I am telling them that the moves happening the same with like any other company. So that's, that's the tough thing. And like, when you're talk having those conversations, you're not necessarily like, don't tell app anyone you're trying to be respectful. You're just saying like, yeah, I'm, I'm moving on from my current manufacturer and going to the new one. And then, I mean, who knows what, yeah, what, what they, they say, start... not like throwing anyone under the bus, but word spreads quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah i think didn't the pro tour i don't know if they've done it this year but i think the or maybe they did do it earlier doesn't the pro tour like send us out a spreadsheet that we mm-hmm. have to say like who our manufacturer is like oh don't worry no one will see this it's like i i, f- I remember I, them doing I, that right I
2: filled that out at the very end okay because was like a deadline of december 31st i actually filled it out like january <laughs> 3rd but
0: yeah, yeah crazy stuff. I do want to touch a little bit because uh, we have a clip, but you already kind of talked about it. So we won't show the clip Silas, but I do want to touch a little bit about the TMZ stuff because it is an interesting, like you said, it's at a certain point. It's like, "Ah, I wish it didn't go this way, but at the same time, like this is really the way that more opportunities will get brought in to the sport, to the pros, obviously your contract would probably not be what it was if people didn't care what you were doing off the course as much as they do. So what, what is it that you, like you talked about the drama and all that stuff, like what are, you can, you can give examples if you have them, but like what are certain things that you wish didn't exist in disc golf right now um, that, that's happening?
1: And, and let me add to that, because one of the things that I noticed, especially over the last couple of years, is, oh, let's say a few years back, you were everywhere. Your vlogs were like one of the most popular things possible, you know, like um, way back in the day. I, th- I feel like you did a really great job of really getting your brand, your personality out there. Um, it was the first vlog that I ever remember being like, oh, I need to see what Eagle's doing type thing. So you really helped jump start that kind of avenue in the sport to where now vlogs are everywhere. People are doing YouTube. People are doing that. That's kind of slowed down a little bit. I feel like with you just or, or has it like, I don't know. I just felt like you were doing like a lot of lives on your Instagram and doing the, you know, when you were with Simon and different things like that, have you like taken a step back from that to try to be a little more personal, focus on your game and yeah, or your mental space to kind of just go in with what Brody said. Right. So I'd say that rings true for what what Paul
2: says. Uh, back in the day, that was like one of the major aspects that drove me. I, I, I liked the attention. I and mean, you know, I still, I still do, but for now, I kind of think of it in a different light. I yeah. think about, um, I want to start bringing more value to people because it's amazing going out to every tournament and having people just say like, they like, they like my videos. They love watching it and saying that I'm an inspiration. Like that's really cool. And I've had just so many messages by people saying they were in a really dark place um, saying that I've helped them get through it. And that's just crazy to me. So like, I feel, I feel honored to be in the position that, that I am that said, like I, I did take a step back to one focused on my playing because content creation is not easy. And let's like, you don't want to shoot videos that look like terrible. So you know, it take it takes time to make a, a decent product. Uh, so it can take away from playing, but also I just, uh, I, I value my own mental health and it's a fine line for me to walk because like I said, there's so many incredible, uh, people supporting, players out there saying endless nice things, but I, you tend to filter through all those just to find the, the negative ones. And like I always joke, it's like I could go ru- absolutely ruin my day right now if I wanted to. So kind of walking that fine line between the two. Right now I'm actually focused on more content creation because signing with MVP, I feel like there's some really good opportunities, and I want to make these videos. Um, one of my goals is to get to 100,000 subscribers, which I'm, I'm getting pretty close But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's walking a fine line, knowing what's good for you personally, but also maintaining your brand and bringing value to people's people's day.
0: Was that part of the contract with MVP was a social media side to it?
2: Just as much as anyone else, I would say even a little bit more relaxed. One of the big aspects of the MVP contract is I can really just be myself and, that's paramount playing disc golf. The more mental baggage you have is the, the more bogey strokes. So as much as you can streamline everything like that, make sure that makes everything better. Once you're out competing. For
0: sure. Let's talk a little bit about Simon. Now, obviously you and Simon created the, uh, you know, the crush boys over on Discmania both of you guys were kind of synonymous with Dismania. Simon ends up leaving to go to MVP. Um, you know, you stayed at Dismania. What kind of influence did Simon being at MVP had on you going there?
2: I would say uh it was it was significant. There is it, it a whole picture. There is a lot going for MVP and Simon's a part of that because I mean, you're not going to deny it. He's the most popular player in disc golf. So wherever Simon goes, that's going to be an incredible destination. But with MVP, how they've rose to fame since the shot and learning about their business model, they've really cracked down on manufacturing, like learning the a different side of disc golf, really, like pushing the boundary, in my opinion. And bringing it all together, and now they're attacking the more professional side of the sport, it's just something that I really felt like I wanted to be a part of. And I have a five-year contract, so I, I think the next five years is going to say a lot of what disc golf will be in the next, for however long. So personally, I think MVP is one of the best places to be for that, and that's ultimately why I was attracted to, to them over anyone else.
0: Did you have any 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 uh options to to go to another manufacturer where you would be the main guy, you would be the face and you could kind of grow or build the brand through your name solely, like a more of a solo thing? Was that a thought?
2: Yeah, I had other offers and Dismania obviously was one of them, which I was the guy at Dismania this past year. So I I believe Together, everybody achieves more team. Um, so I, I really thought going going to MVP, having the team there, having Simon, having James, it's just that we're going to be able to help each other out. And we're going to be able to help MVP reach new heights. Because how they've upscaled their their whole operation has been impressive to right now. But I only believe that it's going to grow more and more. So I just felt like it was it was the place to be.
0: Was there was there a world where Gannon, you, and Kyle all could have been on Discmania? Was that discussed ever with Discmania? Uh,
2: I, I don't know. I think that could have happened, um, but it's it's really hard to say. I didn't know the the behind the scenes uh, discussions at Discmania House of Discs, so I really can't speak too much on that.
1: Okay. What about? Um, <clears throat> we know that Simon said that he actually got offered pretty much the same thing from Dismania to stay. And he decided, no, I needed a new start. I need a new place, new destination. Um, was that kind of the same thing with you or uh, was it just such a significant offer that it was a no brainer? No, all the offers were pretty competitive with
2: one another. And I would say I wanted to change. I wanted to yeah. reunite the crush boys. I wanted to throw new discs playing on dismania for nine years my whole touring professional career has been with dismania and they've been nothing but great to me but with anything things can get a little stale and i have so much respect for everything they've done but just me personally i wanted to try something new i wanted to see what i could do with other plastics. so to spice it up moving forward is something that i feel like simon simon said it best is going out to a field to practice or just practicing in general while you feel stagnant, when you feel stagnant, it's like, I got to go out and practice. But now it's like, I want to go out and practice and learn everything new. And I was, I've been searching for that feeling and I feel like I got it now.
0: Gives you a little bit of of that jolt that you might've been missing these last couple of years. For sure. So let's talk a little bit about the actual contract and why maybe there wasn't, or what was the decision behind not announcing more details about the contract? We've seen when Ricky went to dynamic disc, we've seen that. We saw when Paul went to discraft, we saw that. What, is, what was the reasoning behind keeping the contract details um, other than just it's a five-year deal? What was the thought process behind that?
2: Uh, you know, personally, the MVP wanted to keep it private, and I am lean more towards the side of wanting to keep it private. I feel like disc golf's in a weird place because we don't necessarily hear a lot of athletes talking about their endorsement deals with, say, Nike, Adidas, or whatever. Um, team sports are a different thing because teams have salary caps. So disc golf's kind of functioning in that weird in-between zone where you could go either way. Personally, it's not information that I felt comfortable with, and uh, MVP felt the same way. So that's basically, uh, the, why we haven't disclosed anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it makes sense. I think, I think in one side, it it definitely does help the sport in some way of, you know, Paul announcing 10 mil 10 years. I think that definitely had an impact on Ricky's deal of what he got. But I also, I agree with you on, I think the onus needs to be more on the players and their agents and speaking of which, do you have an agent? Did you have someone Mm -hmm. helping you with the deal?
2: Yeah, mhm I work okay. with a, an agency feature card management.
0: Okay. So I think the onus should be more on the player and the agent and the and then the manufacturer themselves to try to figure out what makes sense and when you have all these numbers kind of getting thrown around like that. It also kind of makes it weird too for some of the players because it's like if we knew how much Simon was making and then you came in and you were either making less or making more, like that can create a weird dynamic between you guys. So, um it, it is, you're, you, you nailed it on the head. It's a weird dynamic of where people like demand or expect to know the details when it doesn't really add up to what we see across the board in other sports. Yuli,
1: did you have anything to add to that? No, I think honestly, when I, when I look at all those things, I think that there's just like a, a ceiling, and that ceiling is that million dollar mark. And for me personally, when I see somebody sign with a, a company and they don't mention that it's a million, it's probably less. And to the player, that can be like, okay, so I'm not the guy, you know, and I'm just speaking mm-hmm. candidly here. I do think, though, we sh- we should all probably have some sort of out with that and be able to say, like, there is no ceiling for how much I can make. Because I know that's true in your case. I feel like that's true. like there's no reason Eagle can't sell so many discs that he's making millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Um, right. and if you have a cap to where they're like, Oh yeah, no, there's a ceiling. You can't do that. Then that, then I feel like there's probably a problem with your contract. You exactly, know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like, like you said, there's a weird space that kind of keeps us tucked in. But if it were me, I would be like, uh, there's not a cap to how much I can make. I can make millions or if I, you know, play really bad, I have, uh, a low set that I shouldn't be getting that money anyway, type
2: thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of it is that most disc golf contracts are based off of royalties and you yep. don't really know what you're getting. Exactly. And even the guaranteed money is based off royalties. So 100%. until it's like, you're getting guaranteed money for you as a player, then it's, it's tough to like say exactly how much exactly like I could, getting.
1: I could say my guarantee, my, my guarantee is small. But I have the potential to make a lot. And I feel like in the space that I'm in, I probably make more than a lot of people. But I, I'm not willing to say that, you know what I mean? Because, like, for example, me being the captain of the team, if I if let's say that I just give the number that I'm making and I'm making so much more money than, like, Anthony Barilla and Adam Hammes, that puts my team in a weird spot. So for me personally, that's something that I did, did, just dis- disclose or don't, um, don't say.
2: Right. And it varies every single year, too.
1: Every year, yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Does, uh, does this mania own the Crush Boys or is that something that we're gonna see MVP use? Well,
2: they don't they don't know it. I'm I'm actually the one who created it. Uh, really? If you look, if you look at the uh, the last one of my recent posts of me and Simon saying that the boys are back in town, if you scroll to the old picture, it was like 2017. It, this guy asked me and Simon to sign his truck, and we like squatted down and took a picture in front of his truck. And then my caption was the crush boys are back. And ever since then it like took off.
0: Oh, that's cool. Uh, We have seen it though with some people where like their logos are created with the company. And so the company kind of owns their logo as well. So we will see the crush boys stuff happening in MVP. Then that's the plan.
2: I we're trying to think of a rebrand, but nothing sounds good. And I think even if we rebrand, it's everyone's just going to still say the crush boys. I don't know what, like, it's kind of interesting because Dismania did make crush boys stamps and, uh, yeah, I don't know what really the future holds potentially that MVP will explore that market, but we'll see.
0: Gotcha. Yep. That's um, it. Oh, there's the photo. There you go. Look at that. Heck yeah. Um, all right. Random question. This was actually from one of our listeners. They wanted to know how has it been eating meat? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, I'm,
2: I'm making some barbacoa right now in the Instapot. So, uh, it's been great. It's been <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, that's, it's a weird subject because it can be controversial and I, I always been careful because every once in a while, Speaking of like ruined my day reading comments, there's been just times of people like old vegan fans just ripping me a new one in the comments. And I'm like, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been great. Uh, much easier to eat just everywhere in general, but energy, um, muscle mass, everything is just I- improved. And that's not to say that you can't do it with a vegan diet, but essentially to do it right, you have to... Ex- you have to go to the, the lab and get every sort of supplement, do blood work. And for what I do, it's, that's just, that's just too much work.
0: What was About, your first meat item? Sorry. I just got to ask that yeah. real quick. Your, your, what was your first piece of meat Chicken. that you ate after?
2: Well, the first thing that I started doing to eat meat was my friend, Daniel, he owns a uh, company called tribe vitamins and they do a, uh, desiccated liver supplements from a uh, grass-fed I so b- down bison yeah that
0: was not the answer i was <laughs> expecting but maybe i should have expected it from you but you did uh, some...
2: i start i just started taking bison liver because liver <laughs> is known as like nature's multivitamin a um, lot of great protein choline and b12 like essentially all the stuff that is hard to get as a vegan so that was the first thing i did but the first time i took like a bite of red meat was I ate a bison burger and oh, I was, I was eating yeah. it. I was eating it. I was like, this kind of takes like a beyond burger. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> ever since then it was like, I was like testing the water, saying maybe I'll just go back to vegan, but it's, I'm not going back anytime. You, soon. Didn't,
0: you didn't do like cheese either. Right. You didn't do any animal products. Well, I,
2: s- I was vegan for about 10 years. I was basically raised vegetarian. Uh, My parents, when I was very young, set me off on like a pescatarian style diet. So it's always been like, I think probably before the last two years, I ate red meat like once in my life and just some fish, chicken, turkey here and there. But mostly vegetarian, mostly vegan all my life.
1: How was it like, did it like taste bad? because i was a vegetarian growing up too and when i first like my first ever meat that i ever made was uh mcdonald's chicken nuggets which might not (laughs) even be chicken but uh i remember being like man i don't like this like this doesn't even taste good it's got that like weird meaty taste um did you go through the same thing to where it was just like kind of gross or or the texture was just like okay yeah this is
2: i was definitely a little suspect of it like like I said, with the, the bison burger, i like kind of tastes like <laughs> a vegan substitute. Um, but once I got used to eating it as like, I'll be a little controversial here, but we evolved eating meat and it's so ingrained in our DNA that going back to it is like you as a vegan, like I craved meaty type things like protein mushrooms, like that's all just your brain telling you, you want to eat meat. So mm-hmm. After like a week, I was like, "All right, let's do." It. I remember, cu- I remember my girlfriend made a steak, and my first bite of steak, I um, was like, trying to compare it to something vegan, and there was like absolutely yeah. nothing I could compare it to. And I'm like, "Oh, I get it. I get it." Yeah, I yeah, get yeah. it. <laughs>
1: Well, what about, uh, so let's switch um, subjects a little bit, because you said you're gaining more muscle mass and and different things like that. How's the injury coming along with the shoulder? Kind of dive into that of of what you're feeling for this next season, how the recovery process is is coming.
2: Yeah, so I'm uh, just over 12 weeks post-op right now, so coming along good. Um, doing PT religiously just before I got on here. I did uh, one of my two sessions I do every single day. I've been going uh, twice a week and then just doing a bunch of other modalities, sauna, red lights, um, the whole nine yards to get back, heal as well as I can. Uh, my plan right now is to begin my return to throwing program next month. Sometimes which will entail just very light throws putting, but uh, hopefully, uh, the goal is to be back by Champions Cup, which which would be the first major uh, mid April, and that's right at the six month mark, which generally speaking is when uh, you have the more or less the okay to get back to sport.
0: Okay, nice. So off season, pretty much just physical therapy. Are you able to like putt at all, or are you doing anything left handed?
2: Um, I've been, I've just started throwing some more left handed shots because a, a lot of it too is like you don't want to do the follow through with your right, right arm. But, uh, uh, the weather hasn't been so good, but once the weather gets nice, I imagine they'll be throwing some left-handed shots. And the plan right now is to actually go and play the all-star event left handed and maybe putt right-handed. So, uh, it's all coming along. Just figured like I earned the spot playing and might as well take a, take a free trip to Florida. So it's all coming along good. And yeah, putting will probably, I'll probably start putting in the next like one to two weeks.
0: Someone did ask, do you think you could cash playing left-handed?
2: No, no, Okay.
0: not right now. I
2: would say if I had to put a rating on myself left-handed right now, I'd say maybe if I being generous, maybe 950, 930.
0: Oh, you're not but, even getting it into tournaments. Not even getting into <laughs> tournaments. But if,
2: I do notice like if I put like a few days of deliberate focus practice in, you get I, I, I get good very fast just because like, I know I know what to do. I know how yeah. to train. So like if I wanted to, if I wanted to spend like two or three months really focused, I bet you I could get up to 960, 980 pretty quick.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll let you go here in a second, but I do have to ask a few more questions. First one, real quick. Was there ever a thought of retiring from disc golf and becoming a kendama player?
2: <laughs> okay. So this is funny. I was on Smashbox the other night and Terry was asking me, like was there any like take by anyone who's like, was just ridiculous? <laughs> and they're like, that just made you like, wow. And I was like, couldn't come to think of it, but you saying that like me going pro-Kendama, that was probably up there. Okay. But uh, no, I. if people want to, or at least for me, like when, when I see like a pro-Kendama player jam, it's absolutely insane. The, the amount of hand-eye coordination and just like the, the muscle memory is insane. Maybe they feel the same way watching disc golf, but watching like a pro kendama player compared to disc golf, I'm like, that's way more impressive. So I would have to sell my soul to get that <laughs> good. I probably have to put like 15 hours of work in every single day. And I probably still wouldn't be that because some of the best guys have been playing since they've been like four years old.
0: Yeah, yeah, nutty. Um, all right, without saying TMZ drama stuff, what are some pet pet peeves? This we haven't had we haven't had a new guest on in a while, so this yeah. segment hasn't come around. So, what are oh, some wow. pet pet peeves that you have um, going into the twenty twenty four season being sponsored by MVP?
2: I, I I'll say I don't want to name names, and I you know I'm definitely part of the problem to a certain degree, but just. The amount of complaining on the (laughs) pro tour, it's just like, I feel like people are always complaining about something, whether it be tea pads, baskets, and like, okay, there's, there's definitely issues there, but man, it's like, you can't really fix them right then and there. So I kind of forgot
0: about that, that Facebook group, that, that Facebook group is pure comedy. Sometimes there was, there was almost a, okay, we can't get too much into it, but there was almost a, re- a revolt at one of the tournaments where they're like, Hey, do not do this. And someone was like, no, everyone do this. We're, 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 we're starting a revolution against it. <laughs> yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, we're going to, you're going to cancel the tournament. Um, Yeah. The player, if that ever got leaked of like the conversations and stuff that was said <laughs> in that player group. Oh my God.
2: It is yeah. nuts.
0: What some people complain about. It really
2: is. It, it is pretty crazy. And, you know, I, I, I'm not perfect. I complain as well, but sometimes it's turned up to 11. I'm like, geez, what is going on in people's heads?
1: Nice.
0: You, you got the final
1: question. Yeah. Out of all the players on tour right now, you look at all the games, all their attributes, who's somebody you look at and you go, man, that's nice. I kind of wish I had a little bit of that. Oh man. Uh, it's probably like, what's the top,
2: Ab is definitely up there. Ab is just an all-around impressive game. I'd say like our styles are pretty similar when I'm when I'm one hundred percent. But I'm trying to think. It's a lot of the the European kids who just like have this massive forehand, perfect technique. And once they dial in, it's going to be like perfect.
0: A couple of them are coming over to play a lot more too. A lot more. A lot more of them are playing in the states next year
2: right right so no no one's really come into the top of my head um right now but uh yeah just the the young kids overseas
1: seems like ab gets gets a, a lot of those he's always like oh my gosh ab speed is insane or or a mm-hmm. lot of people pick gannon's crazy puttin which is mm-hmm. an obvious one but uh yeah great answers man
0: sweet well we'll. Awesome, I know know you're a busy guy, so we'll let you go. But uh, congratulations on the new deal. Do you want to plug any stuff that's coming up? I know you have some discs maybe right now that people can... can, uh, Oh, you got them on hand. Here you go. Yeah.
2: So the only thing I really want to plug is Prism Proton Envy, hopefully coming to a dealer near you. Uh, This is my first signature Team Series disc with MVP. As soon as James threw in the shot, I had envy envy. It is such an amazing disc, like hybrid putter slash mid range, just like a disc that I've been wanting to throw for a long time. So I figured the envy has got to be my first signature disc and I can't wait to go and throw it.
0: That's the one that's so good that you named your TV after it.
2: I named it after the plastic,
0: the plastic <laughs> <pretty> <laughs> proton. Uh-huh. Very nice. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome on whenever. Uh, and we uh, wish you the best of luck uh, leading into it and uh, look forward to seeing you playing left handed in the all star event. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank you be Eagle, so much, man. Appreciate it, brother. Congratulations.
2: All right. See you guys later.
0: There he is. Eagle. Very nice for him to take some time. He He's been doing the rounds and the more the podcasts are popping up, the more these guys are going to get busy. Yeah, lots of lots of places to stop by and chat. So interesting stuff, though. Interesting stuff from him.
1: No, I agree. No, and it's cool that he he gave time to us to um to come on here. Very easily could have been like, nope, too busy. Got it. Got all these other things to do, but he gave us a little piece of his time, which is very important.
0: Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see kind of what um. What they end up doing. One thing I didn't talk to him about because, again, you know, I kind of wanted to respect it. Obviously, you kind of saved him a little bit there with the TMZ drama question that I had. Um, so, uh, but me and you can talk about this. If you're James Conrad right now, what what's going through your head? Because he leaves Innova because he wants to be the guy. He felt like, and he said this. He felt like he was kind of a second thought or, or kind of wasn't really in the plans for what Innova was doing. So he leaves Innova. He goes to MVP. He's the man there. He goes out, wins a world championships, throws, throws the most popular shot, most famous shot in disc golf history. Now, all of a sudden you get the most popular player, Simon Lazat. They come on. It's like, okay, you know, Simon James back and forth. And now all of a sudden you now have Simon's, you know, number two guy, the guy that, you know, Batman and Robin, if you will, Eagle coming over. If you're James right now, what, what's the thought there?
1: Well, there's a couple of ways you can look at it. You can be bummed and be like, Hey, I'm not the guy anymore. These guys are coming over and they're still in my sales. And um, I could have had all these discs and blah, 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 blah. There, there's that side of it. But knowing James, I don't think that's it. I think uh, Eagle hit it, you know. When he said, uh, "One of the reasons he went over there is Simon's there, and it's going to help him help him sell discs and be more popular." I'm I'm always the the glass half full type thing, and and put my nose down to the grindstone and work really hard. So I hope that that's where James comes at all of this and says, "Okay, I got these guys now. Now now let's see if we can beat them every single weekend." and show that this is kind of my team type, type thing. So two ways to look at it. Um, I can definitely see both sides, but they got three great players over there at that company. And if they're smart about marketing, they're all going to flourish.
0: If we were going to do that Manufacturer Cup that we talked about, and let's just say each manufacturer had to pick their top four guys, who's the fourth guy at MVP now? Is it Raven? It might be Raven. Yeah, it might be Raven. Yeah, I'm trying to think if anyone else pops out to my head of like MVP guy.
1: Hmm. Raven's pretty good.
0: No, Raven is he is he is a little nasty player. Yeah, he's good. Paul Crans, that someone saying Paul Crans in the Ooh, chat. Paul
1: Crans, yeah. Ooh.
0: New kid on the block. Mm-hmm. Very very well could take that spot for sure for sure. All right, we're going to have uh, Gannon join us here in about five minutes or so to talk all about his deal. But I want to pose this question to you. I did this really poorly. I think it was a uh, it might have been a lack of sleep slash I was having someone fill up our gas tank out here and the corgis are going nuts. I was not on my A game for the off-season podcast, but I've had time to think about it and maybe get my point across a little bit better. So I want, I want you to... I want to get your idea on what you think of this change. Right now, the terms of everyone's contract is January 1st to December 31st. If you are going to start a new, if you're going to switch manufacturers, you have to wait until the new year, right? Why not start doing November 1st to October 31st contracts? And the reason for this, you have a month to get ready for Black Friday. So there's plenty of time. I know Black Friday is a huge deal in disc golf and these manufacturers want to make as much money as they can off of Black Friday. Also the holiday sales of Christmas and all that. You have plenty of time to plan. A month is plenty of time to plan that. So you can get all the new player hype and everything and get the products out there right around the holiday seasons. On the other side of the coin, you now have players that, as soon as their season is done, they can just jump straight into this new manufacturer. You know, people look into it, but you can, you can watch Eagle the last couple of videos or the last couple of promos and read into it. Like, does he actually want to be there saying that stuff? Or does he feel like he has to because his contract's not up? You don't have this weird idea where like Eagle's, Eagle's foot was already out the door. Yeah, He was, he was already headed to MVP but he had to do all this stuff to finish with this mania. You don't have any of this weird stuff anymore. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: No, I agree. I mean, I remember back when, at, uh, right after the world championships in 2018, I had a feeling that I was leaving Prodigy. Like I had a feeling, but I had the USDGC still to go. Um, and it was a definitely a weird spot to be in. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like there's been also times where people get out of their contracts and they, and then they have legality issues and, and stuff. So it's been all over the place. I don't know what the correct answer to that is. If there like is. Like you as a player, wouldn't you, let's say. I would say, rather, yeah. That, yeah seems, like, that seems better.
0: Your season ends, you're going with Innova. Like, wouldn't you rather like not be like, oh, I can't go to any courses right now because they're going to see me throwing Innova. They're mm-hmm. going to see me have a new bag on my back. They're, wouldn't that just make it easier? And, and obviously the pushback that I got from Hunter and Trevor were, well, manufacturers aren't gonna want that. They're gonna want to have you through the holidays. And all that would be happening is literally would just be a switch of who gets you at what holiday. Yeah, you, Everyone now gets people at the end versus now you get them at the beginning when players are the most excited, when players are super pumped about the move versus having to deal with players that are like, I'm done with this company, I'm out but I still have to do this promo on Instagram. So here it is. I, it just seems, it seems like it makes a lot more sense to me.
1: Yeah, no, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I think disc golf's a different kind of sport too. Cause in, a, in other sports, you can just get traded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just on a whim, you're like, Oh, playing for the Lakers now. And I lived in Minnesota. This is weird. I have to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, it's a definitely a different space. Um, I mean, yeah, it would be easier, but I don't think it's a priority that people really even think about. If I guess if you were a manufacturer, you might... I don't know
0: if it's even been thought about.
1: Yeah, if you're a manufacturer, it might be something that you should think about and be like, okay, where can I get the best money and once my player leaves and I'm not losing money and and then you can just have your new lineup and ready to go for the next season type thing.
0: Yeah, and there's also not this weird thing of you know, we've seen players after the season, unload their discs on, you know, collector groups. We've seen companies all of a sudden start really putting a, you know, uh, an emphasis on trying to get rid of all the discs of that player. It takes all that away. You don't have that anymore. Yeah. Because doing, it in that, doing that in the off season is so much more highlighted than doing it during the season right like it just yeah. it's it, it just would go more a little bit under the radar if Dismania through October was pushing a lot of Eagles product knowing that he is going to end up leaving yeah then doing it in November in December
1: i yeah no you you make a great point i really i really think that that could that could definitely benefit in, in a lot of different ways i have a question for you though yeah um listening to eagle talk about I have a new jolt to practice, right? I have a new kind of passion to get out to the field and and do this thing. I, I kind of go through the same thing. Like Vlogmas was great for me because I had to go out and I had to play. If I didn't have that and I didn't make a commitment to get out and practice, I wouldn't have practiced as much. I know that. If that's where my mindset is, that's where Eagle's mindset is, that's where Simon's mindset is. That means these guys, including myself, aren't grinding as hard as you could possibly grind. How do we, how, like, how do you, like, are we missing, like, coaches or something? Are we missing something right there? Or is the offseason a place for you to just be able to do whatever you want? If I'm a manufacturer and, I'm, and, you're, and you're playing for me, which right now we'll just use them because they're the people who pay you to sell the most product and to play the best, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't there like an underlying issue there of that I just said out loud that is real? That there needs to be some sort of motivation for these players that's not self-induced to get out there and practice. Like in your contract, like, hey, I want to see you in the field, getting at least like one to two hours of field work a week. In I kind of wish I had that. I do. No, I'm, I'm all right. Well, yeah. well,
0: we've got Gannon in the wings here, so we'll pause. Maybe we'll bring that up with Gannon. Let's bring it up with him. Cause that Cause is I, an interesting? Th- it is an interesting topic, okay. and I have, I have some thoughts on it. Okay. But be- before we get into it, let's bring in the man of the hour, Gannon Burr signing a three-year deal with Dismania. We do not have him yet. I thought we had him. So then, let me let me answer your question then, and, and we'll do throw you, them in here. Do you the space
1: in. that I'm living in right there? It's like a weird. <laughs> it's like a weird thing.
0: So here's the thing, though. You're you're saying like it needs. To, you need to have like a person of accountability. There needs to be someone that holds you accountable. That shouldn't be like your manufacturer or anything like. No, that. No, no. Like,
1: I I just used it because they pay us. So. Yeah.
0: If if you know if you're making five million dollars a year. Then yeah, hire a personal trainer. If you if you if you can't control your eating habits, hire a chef. If you suck with money, hire someone to deal with your financials. Right? Like there's all. If you're a terrible driver, and uh, or or maybe you're a big partier and you like to party at night, hire a chauffeur. Like there's all sorts of things that to, to kind of help you out. The more money you get, but this idea that, and I think we all struggle with it, right? Everyone, yeah. The idea of like, oh yeah, every day I wake up and I'm just ready to hit the ground grinding. No, you're not. That's no, it's... anyone that says that, you're no, that's no. But the the difference between the people that are super successful and the people that aren't are the people that either fake themselves out or trick themselves into keep going day after day after day, or the ones that just have that mental fortitude to just be like, the last thing I want to do right now is go lift weights
1: but I know I have to and I'm going. So, yeah, yeah it's a, it's a different mindset for sure. There's different athletes all over the world. I mean, there are, I you and I've been around sports our whole lives. We know the people who are so talented, insanely talented that they, if they put in half the effort that I put in, they'd mm-hmm. be three times as good as I, I, I am oh, at sure. those things. But they don't. You know, the thing about sports though, especially in the team aspect is you have a coach, you have an accountability to your team and they make sure to hold you accountable. Like,
0: but we see people get cut all the time in team sports because they come into training camp way out of shape or, yeah, yeah. or, you know, we've seen, we've seen, you know, what you would consider like someone, they call you like a cancer when you go into a locker room of where yeah. they're just not a team guy. Yeah. So like, I, it, it's definitely probably easier when you have a teammate or teammates because you are, you know, it's a little bit easier for you to feel accountable to kind of help them all out. But, uh, all right, we have Gannon here, so we'll bring him here. We'll, we'll, we'll bring this up with Gannon too, because okay. I'm curious to see what he says. Um, all right. So Gannon Burr, brother, but you get some abstract art behind you. Wow. What the heck is that? Uh, Rose? What is that?
3: Are, are we good? Yeah. Okay, I don't know what happened. I'd I messed something up. I don't know.
0: No, we're asking what the heck is behind you. What is that?
3: Uh I got no idea. That's part of the one piece.: that quartz? It's that's probably the one I think it's the one piece of I don't know, decorative stuff that's in my house.
0: <laughs> so it is like an abstract art art, art art piece.
3: I guess you could say it. Am I glitchy on your guy's screen?
0: Yeah, a little bit, but your audio your audio's fine. All right, let's, how we okay. doing?
3: I could try to rejoin and turn my Wi-Fi off if that helps.
1: Don't turn your Wi-Fi off ever.
3: Well, <laughs> I'm, <just kidding. laughs> I'm in Iowa. The corn yeah. stalks are Wi-Fi, so it's like try, terrible.
1: Try, try to, uh,
0: yeah, try to reconnect and see if it's better. Yeah, we'll try that real okay. quick. So apparently, uh, this mania is paying in a bunch of money. Breaking news he's able to now just go to art galleries and buy super um abstract pieces of art for his uh I liked for his it. place now.
1: It looked like it, but it but with the circle that he had on his shirt and then it like that thing in the background kind of threw me for a loop, I'm not going to lie.
0: Wait, so I show my walls real quick cuz people <laughs> go nuts about my walls. <laughs> I've never I, I talked to Kelsey about it today though. I've never been a wall person. I just I don't it doesn't bother me not to have stuff on the walls, but we are gonna put some stuff up here. I think we're gonna put um uh I think we'll put maybe one of the the million YouTube plaque up here. We'll put maybe some Guinness World Records, some national championship stuff, Ooh, and then I maybe like some some of Kelsey's cheerleading stuff as well. So we'll 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 get stuff back here. But I've just never I don't walk into this room and be like, "Oh my God, there's nothing on this wall.
1: This is this is this is brutal." Ooh, I need to put. It something. looks better. I think. No, it doesn't.
0: Oh no. yeah, no, no, I think so. Yeah, we got Gann. Okay, get, b- bring him in here. I think I think this is better.
3: Are we Are we better at all? No. Uh, well, again, why is
0: the it, audio it's
1: bad? Whenever I join the audio,
0: the audio sounds good. The audio sounds good. So I think that's all that matters.
1: Wait, now I'm blurry. And so are you. <laughs> I think you ruined I'm, everything. I'm bringing the whole team down.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Saz, what do you think? Are we good to roll? All right, we're going to roll it. We can hear you fine. Can you hear us fine? That's the most important
3: stuff. Yeah, you guys are perfect on my screen. I think it's just my end. I don't know. Okay.
0: It's all good. We can hear you, so we'll, we'll, we'll run it. All right. Um, okay, so the first question. Well, first off, congratulations <laughs> on the new deal. Three years with Dismania, very, uh, very nice. But my first question was: Were you in talks with Prodigy at all about staying?
3: Uh, I was. Um, am, I, am I good? I'm...
0: Don't worry about the video. We can hear you, and you, we you, we can hear you, and you can hear us. That's all that matters. We might actually just do audio for you if you are. Uh, Maybe, maybe size can find a photo okay. that he can throw up of you and just do audio and, and try that.
3: Should that I was going to be another question. On? Okay. Should I try to rejoin on internet? Cause <laughs> I feel like this is worse. I could, I could go back to, it. I just want to make sure it's the best it can be.
1: Yeah. Go, go back to the internet. Okay. Go back to the internet. If it's still bad,
0: then we can just go, we can just go we'll just audio only. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just yeah, go we'll, audio only.
1: We'll put an old prodigy photo of you up there. <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> We won't do what, that.
0: One of my questions was gonna be like, when is he gonna get out of Iowa? Is that too is that too personal? Is that too <laughs> bro? You got you got no internet there. You gotta get out. I, I got fiber now, so we are we are flying on all cylinders over here.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, I had a whole crew coming out to look at my internet, which is hopefully by next week. So far, the last couple of weeks though, on on this setup, money. Yeah,
0: no. You've, you, your your quality is definitely improved, which is nice. I can't wait until we're just in the middle of nowhere during tour trying to do this. No. It may, it may not have to be... Some weeks might not have to be live. Some weeks might yeah. have to be recorded just because of the situation that we have at hand. Um,
1: Hopefully he can a- actually reconnect. What if he's just gone? Then I
0: will do my best to answer the questions like he would have answered them. <laughs> We will see, though. Is, is he also standing? Is he just going to do a standing interview? Because that's kind of fire. Think he, he's taller.
1: I think he's just sitting there, just a monster.
0: <laughs> you can see, like, this top of the ceiling behind him. And he's just sitting in a chair.
1: Oh, man.
0: Well, uh, hopefully he hopefully joins. If not, I have a lot more other stuff that we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a weird, we're like in weird limbo right now because it's like, I don't really want to start a new topic Mm -hmm. and then he pops in and then we're just like, Oh, okay. I guess we'll go back to the same topic that we keep going back to, um, on the motivation factor. You know, I think, I think one thing that we have seen in other sports is when you come from no money to a lot of money real quick, there is sometimes a, a, a difficulty in doing the same kind of grind, the same kind of work ethic when you're like, Oh, wait a second. Like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like set. I'm yeah. kind of good. So that we might see some of that in disc golf, but again, like, I don't know, it's,
1: well, like, like, for example, like do my work ethic is nothing like it used to be nothing. I mean, it's definitely age, harder
0: when you have more responsibilities you get yeah, older but with age and stuff
1: like that's like I've I'm I'm not going to say that I've gotten as good as I'm going to be I don't believe that because I feel like I can refine my skills make what I have better more consistent my mind's better my mind's clearer and those are all important luckily we play golf which mm-hmm. is you know your mental is, is probably your best attribute on the course once you've hit a certain skill level I wish that I still had that inner desire to just go play five times a day field work. I don't have that. You know what I mean? And I'm fine with admitting that. I don't have that. Will I ever get it back? I don't know. Do I care? Not really, because like I said, I feel like I can still get better with what I'm doing right now. Yeah, you um, become,
0: more, you more, become more efficient
1: in what you, your time, the yeah. time that you spend exactly um but when we're talking about superstars we're talking about eagle we're talking about simon they hit a spot as well to where now they're getting to the field and practice so there he is oh here we go i was just getting to a great and you had to interrupt us what the heck yes oh
3: yeah you're way better We'll see what happens when I get brought in. We're good. I think we're a lot better. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're oh, way better. Wow. I, okay. Uh, I, got a, I got a laptop instead. Oh, <laughs> yes. look at that.
0: Look at that. Okay. Um, all right. So we were talking about Prodigy and obviously for those that don't know, you kind of had your ups and downs yeah. with Prodigy. So what was the thought process between, you know, maybe talking with them to see if you could stay with Prodigy?
3: Uh, yeah, so uh, so the CEO of Prodigy was at the Pro Tour Finals uh, in 2023, so last year, and you know he had talked to me about at least wanting to give me an offer for uh, my next contract, and so I I waited, and uh, it was a little bit of a weird situation because pretty early on in the off season, I got a I got a pretty solid offer that I kind of I guess just like it was like my baseline, I used it as leverage when I was talking to other companies and stuff. Um, and so I didn't use an agent for any of this cause I thought I could do it all myself. I did have a lawyer look over my contracts, but
0: um, your mom didn't help you at all with these contracts or anything like that. Or was that like
3: more of the behind uh, the like, scenes? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I did okay. pretty much everything have to do with the numbers and the terms of this contract was all me pretty much.
0: Gotcha. Is there any thoughts into potentially having someone represent you moving forward, maybe after this deal? Or do you like that uh, aspect of it?
3: I don't know. Well, for me, it was like financially, it didn't make sense uh, with some of the, uh, I I had talked to a couple of uh, agents, but just financially didn't make sense for me. Um, But yeah. So back to the thing, but I, I gave them a couple uh, some time and, you know, we, we had some conversations and I think, you know, I, I already had like two or three offers and I think they were trying to put together something interesting or maybe a new, Uh, I don't know, entity into an offer for me. And I know I I had a couple offers already and I kind of gave them a deadline of I need something by this date and they weren't able to give it to me and they asked for about two more weeks of time and I just couldn't really do it. And so I never got an official offer from Prodigy. Um, I felt felt like as if I gave them plenty of time, Uh, but uh, that's kind of just how that went down. Gotcha.
0: And when it comes to switching... Because this is correct me if I'm wrong. This is your first time switching manufacturers. Yeah. So what were the things going into, you know, switching or having people send you offers? What were the things that like stood out to you as these are the things that matter the most?
3: Um, well, there's a couple of different things. Cause you can look at a company just as a, as a whole, uh, you have big companies, small companies, companies that market well better than others do as well um and so i, I was kind of looking at that as well but also you know you kind of have to look at the people that are also on the company where you know maybe you have uh some players that are good at disc golf and they also have good social medias stuff like that you want to surround yourself with people like that as well uh and then in terms of an actual contract i look for a solid uh base salary and a good bonus structure um, and i also wanted to have a contract where i'd get uh, to you know, help design my own discs as well. Oh, nice. Okay, very cool. Um,
0: was the decision to go to Dismania was that made prior to Eagle's? Like, did you have any talks with Hey Eagle was leaving, or was there any talks of like, Hey, I'll come to Dismania if Eagle is still there? How did how did that all work
3: out? Um, I don't know like, the exact timeline of everything. I I knew. Either way, I was gonna. This was at you know, pretty much the top of my list um, for you know a company that I'd consider going to. Uh, so either way, I don't think it would have mattered for me. It would have been really cool to have Eagle on the team, um, but you know, um, I, I think I might. Uh, I think I, might, I mean, I found out pretty early that Eagle was going to be leaving, um, and then you know that didn't, that didn't change too much because you know pretty much any company I talked to, you know, a big thing is having a lot of friends at the company with me. And so, uh, obviously we were able to get Alden. Gavin was already on team disc mania. Uh, I'm good friends with Kyle as well. So it's kind of like a perfect situation. Um, and so that, that was big for me. And you know, when I heard Eagle was leaving, it was, it was definitely sad, but, uh, in a way, you know, the, the Simon and Eagle era of disc mania is over. And it kind of was when, when, when Simon left, it just wasn't really the same. And, uh, now the Eagles gone. Obviously, it's it's kind of a new, fresh slate for Team mania as almost you know it's going to be a very you know different team in a way uh, for 2024 and the Eagles coming. But I think we have a underrated and strong team, and also I think that our our uh, social media, especially with Alden, is going to help a lot. So I think we'll, we'll be out there quite a, quite a bit, and I think I think we'll have some. Pretty solid finishes as well. Get a couple wins. So that's always important just to show that, you know, you can win with the company's discs is a big thing as well. Um, and that, you know, another thing with Discmania is I think they do make really good discs. And one thing that attracted me was the, the like, how the stock product is really, really high quality. I mean, you can walk in any any shop and get a, you know, any C-Line FD, and it's going to be the exact same, anything from the Evolution line. So any of their new-made stuff is all Really, you know, high quality. It's all the exact same, um, and I think that's just because their new manufacturing process is really consistent over there in Sweden. So, it's good to see. That's something I look for because if I'm going to have my name go on a product, I want it to be something good.
0: Was Gavin going over there? Was that kind of helpful in your decision of having Dysmania be like the top's choice? Of you know, talking with you. Obviously, you guys are very close. You were able to kind of talk about how it is over at Dismania versus prodigy.
3: Yeah, it was, it was cool to like, I guess reunite with Gavin in a way. Um, obviously we, we toured, I mean, we didn't necessarily tour together the whole year, but we play all of our practice rounds together and we hang out all the time outside of the course. And so even just on the course, you know, who I am, I just like to throw people's discs from their bag and stuff like that. And so I kind of got to see, you know, what was in his bag and, and I, I enjoyed a lot of it as well. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, with with also getting Alden on the team, it's like, it's my dream situation.
1: Did you get your license yet?
3: No.
0: Well, was that was that like a package deal? Like, <laughs> hey, if I come to Dismania, you have to have Alden too, or else I won't be able to come to tournament. <laughs>
3: that's pretty much what I told any company. I was like, hey, <laughs> you're getting Alden. That's that's the deal. And uh, Alden
0: Alden was kind of fine fine to uh, join wherever.
3: I mean. Yes, but he also needed to get the best deal for him, which obviously ended up being Dismania as well, uh, you know, on the financial side, but also on the side of, you know, he's with all his buddies again. So it's kind of like, you know, his ideal situation too.
0: So playing those practice rounds with Gavin last year, when he was on Dismania, you were on Prodigy. Was that, because you, you've mentioned this before of like, it, it feels good to have all these guys together again. You... You're more on the side of like a team like this is team dysmania more than i I would say i am that that's something that you feel like if Alden would have went to Discraft, Gavin would have went to innova, you feel like that would have been a way different situation for you next year
3: uh maybe partially um I mean, considering that you know me Gavin. Isaac and Alden are all going to be in the same house having majority team dismania is cool because you can just talk to each other. And, uh, it's a lot easier. Like, you know, if there's like new releases and stuff, you know, you can kind of bounce off each other, promote like cross promoting just through our friend group as well. Um, and so, that, so that, that's really cool. Um, what was the other part of the question? Sorry.
0: I was just saying, like, what what would you think would be like the big difference if all of you guys were not on the same manufacturer? You're all separate. Like what are what makes being all on the same manufacturer, like what makes that actually better in your in your eyes? And you kinda answered it with Yeah, yeah. It just kind of like family, family, family a little bit
3: better. Uh, obviously I I'd still have Kyle and we're good friends, so that that's still cool. But um I don't know, I guess it's kind of hard to explain. It's kinda like, you know, you maybe you don't really know someone that well, but if you join the same team as them, you get to know them because you're talking discs. You're just, you know, talking about new stuff that's happening. It's
1: a bit, it's more comfort.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it it definitely feels a lot better. It feels like I'm not alone, I guess, in a situation. So it's like, um, yeah, I I feel comfortable. It's, it's, uh, it's always nice to like, like anything in life, just relate to people and something. And so having on the same company, asking the same questions, you know, it's just, it's really good to have.
1: Well now, Isaac, poor guy, he's left out. He's he's alone. He's got his brother.
3: He's got his brother. <laughs> yeah. if, we could, so, if we could get them next year, that'd be. That'd be so <laughs> cool. We gotta we gotta perform real good. We gotta sell a lot of this. <laughs> guys, that's our goal. <laughs> Isaac and Ezra.
0: So you, the way that you and Eagle, kind of took this off season was completely different. In the sense that Eagle wasn't trying to get people to, you know, stir up where he was going, you it seemed like were actually trying to, you know, mm-hmm. oh, is this is this actually a, a hint at where I'm going, or is this not? What was the thought behind that? Was that actually thought out well in advance, or did you just say like, hey, this morning I'm going to join Dismania's Collector Group, and then tomorrow I'm going to join MVP's Collector Group? How much thought and effort went into that?
3: Um, well, it's funny. There's also a lot of like really false rumors going around that people were very certain of, which was kind of funny. Um, one of them was me bidding on Innova Discs. That never happened. <laughs> and by, like, People said I was buying Destroyers. That never happened. And that was like a legit rumor. That wasn't a joke. Um, (laughs) another one was like, Oh, Gennon just joined the Disminity collector group. I've been a part of that group for like five years because I sold something that I got in a player's pack in an intermediate tournament five, six years back. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, and same thing with like Alden, like people are like, Oh, Alden joined the Disminity collectors group. Well, there was like, it's, it's a funny story. Um, on how Alden even got on team Dismania, and how we kind of, we, we filmed promo together in Colorado with Alden Gavin and my caddy Matt, uh, cause it was basically like, like we we're flying out. We already planned to fly out just, just me and my caddy Matt on like a, we'll just say Friday. And, you know, on, on, uh, like a week before I was like, Alden, like, Hey, we're, we're doing this, you know, it'd be cool to get you on the team and yet he, had, he hadn't decided and he has an agent. So it's a little bit of a slower process. Um, and then we get, we keep getting, you know, a couple days out, three days out, two days out. And I'm like, uh, is there any chance? He's like, nah, man, zero. I'm like, cause they, there just wasn't enough time. Uh, and then it's Thursday, like the day before we're going to fly out. And then we somehow like wrapped it up with disc mania ended up getting Alden uh, like in one day. And then I saw him out there the next day in Colorado. And so that was <laughs> super fun. Uh, and then Gavin, Gavin uh, spoiled a surprise because he wasn't supposed to come to the trip. And then um, we were on a phone call and he just like accidentally said something like, yeah, man, it'll, it'll be good to be there in person. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh no, I'm, I'm literally going. I was like, oh my gosh. And so we had, we had all, all uh, three of my friends there. And so it was just a really fun trip. Nice.
0: Um, so yeah, so the, the messaging on the MVP Facebook group about Overstable runs at MV That was just to get
3: people, yeah, yeah. Get people and then talking. I, I had like I had like an Instagram story where I had a end of a disc propped up, and then MVP basket. Um, yep. And the the thing was like, oh, my dog's watching me play disc golf. But I like called her over to the window. I was like, hey, I need to make a story. And then uh, I went, and, you know, got a dog toy propped up the end of a disc, and then like tried to make it seem like I accidentally showed it or something. <laughs> Like in the, in the leaving so you're video. So you having fun
1: with it. You were just having fun with the, like the whole process. Yeah. And...
3: Well, I figured I'm not going to be able to do it for at least three years. So <laughs> I might as well do it. And then in my like leaving video, I said like five different taglines of companies. And it was funny because. That some was well done like,
0: by the way. That was well yeah. done.
3: Oh, it was, I, I wasn't, a, I wasn't super happy with how it came out actually. Cause it was like late at night when I was filming it. It was kind of like last minute, a video I, I was trying to make, um, And obviously it was a little bit weird because of the situation last year. So I kind of had to like think of something to do. Um, and you know, I was frustrated because, you know, everyone's like, Oh, he's reading from a teleprompter. He's got a script. Well, (laughs) I I think it probably took me like five minutes to write out that script myself. And then I would just like, look at my phone, set it down, look at the camera and then try to do a take. But I would just like mess up one word because I'd get something out of them or something. And so like, that's why it was so robotic is because I was just like, I just want to get done with. Uh, but, you know, it, it ended up having a, a decent impact. And I, I think it's it's very funny to have people only kind of see, you know, maybe only hear, you know, I'm a dynamic player or they only hear a couple that like one of the taglines and they're like, oh, my gosh, no way. I just figured it out. And they're just like, so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: You don't realize how difficult it is unless you try to do it yourself. Your first ever like sponsored post where, you know, the company's saying like, Hey, make sure you say this. Yeah. Don't say all this. And, uh, there's been plenty of times that I've been able to witness people doing their first ever sponsored post on Instagram yeah. and you just see them walking around for like it, the video's 30 seconds and they're, yeah. it's, it, it's 15 minutes for them to get it. It's it is tough. It is very very tough. So, yeah, but I, a, I thought it was done. I thought it was w- yeah, really well done.
3: Yeah. I'm a, I'm a lot better like unscripted if I'm just like kind of yes. rambling. That's dangerous. On.
0: That's dangerous, Gannon.
3: Yeah, there was a there was a I know for like the mania interview, you know, I like I had like a question that they asked me uh for like the announcement video like the story of me, I guess. Uh they had like did ask me a question, but then I I kind of warned them like I might just ramble on, but you know, at least I get you know some it'd be a lot better flowing. It's sound more natural. So that was kind of, that was kind of good to have as like a backup if they needed more footage.
1: What are uh, some predictions for yourself for next year? What are some goals that you have with a new manufacturer?
3: Yeah. I mean, I want to like get my bag figured out. Uh, I'm, I'm having Pretty like a oh, goal. Well. Yeah. Well, there's a couple issues. Um, you know
0: this seems like it'd be tough for you because you're for those that don't know Ganon is yeah. obsessed with discs. Yeah. Ganon will go come up to your bag, take every disc out and be like, this one's trash, trash. Garbage, this, garbage, this one's garbage. okay. <laughs> garbage. Gar- this one's fine. And I'm like, Th- that's my go-to nuke. And you just threw <laughs> you said it was trash. So I'll
3: improve your game. I'll get you to throw some better discs. So I, I... <laughs> so how
0: tough how tough has this been you know having to try to find a completely new bag.
3: Yeah. Oh, it's really tough. Um, I think I'm, I've done pretty good on the mold side of it. Like what molds I like, but then you obviously have you know, some different like runs or, uh, I'm a big fan of just in discs already. And so a lot of the stuff I've been trying to buy is be in stuff just, just to have it. Um, and I've, I got a lot of, uh, old Eagle stuff as well. So, you know, it, it already has that, you know, kind of tour beaten I like to call it, uh, to where it's like, you know, it's reliable. It's not going to do anything fluky. Um, and so I, I got those cause you know, beaten discs definitely do fly slightly better and more and more true. Cause I feel like discs have like a two week, two to three week break in period where they fly, you know, maybe more overstable to start. And then after three weeks, they start to fly how they should fly. And then they last for about, depends on the plastic, but usually like six to eight months, they last and then you notice it to get substantially flippier. And so kind of, I, I like them, you know, around that, like, two month beaten mark because it's it's already yeah. it's already passed that first stage into it's it's, you know money it's it's prime and so that's that's what i've been looking for um you know for like over stuff though it's it's a lot easier just to throw new stuff um but uh the hard part honestly there's a couple hard parts one is um especially on the fairway driver side of it they Dismania i think probably has the top fairway driver lineup and i've even I mean, we have talked to a lot of players too, and they agree. I mean, we have FD, F D one, C D two, C D one, F D three, P D, and these are all just like top quality fairway drivers. And I've I've only really had two fairway driver molds that I felt like were usable, uh, with Prodigy. And so to now have like a whole new part of my game unlocked, obviously like Calvin throws his Eagles really amazing. Um, and you know, I feel like I feel like my TD Green is gonna be a lot better because it'll have that seven to, eight to nine speed disc. I'll be able to throw instead of throwing a driver soft. That's really hard to do. Um, mm. I also have the DD now, which is a 11 speed disc. So, um, it's, it kind of fills that slot where if I just need an accurate late turnover, I can still throw a, a driver and get good distance and have accuracy. And then the other hard part is just living in Iowa where, uh, you know, a couple of days ago we had negative 45 wind chill oh, yeah. that was crazy. and we have, we have two feet of snow. And then, I mean, there's, there's spots in my yard where it's like three feet deep because of drifting. It's just been so windy and freezing. And, you know, we almost got into an accident today because it was like fine, but then it started snowing out of nowhere, but it was already cold. And then like the tires would make it all icy and slippery. And like, and so I just, I can't go out and throw anything. I mean, I don't, you know, something I did last year in the off season was like, just—I mean, I, I'd go out with any disc, you know, I would just go throw maybe five to ten shots really quick, go pick them up, and then go back home just, just to get a little amount of, I guess, trying new discs out. But like, I, you can't do that when you have two feet of snow. It just—you'll lose your discs. It's not fun. It, it's so it's it's been it's been really tough because I, I'm probably gonna have to just kind of go based off feel. And uh, I taught Brody this: checking the parting line, making sure you know, the stabilities to say you're throwing the good discs. I think that is a big thing is people don't throw discs that will are consistent. I think that's definitely a thing. Um, I also take really good care of my discs. You know, you know, I try to make sure like after every tournament I like wash them and then I, I like get all the chunks out with a towel or something and like friction, burn it off. I stack them in a pile to make sure there's no warping. And so I'm very specific on that too. Um, and I think that is one mental, but two may, my, my also might uh, actually make the disc better. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm going to Florida. My dad lives in Florida, so I'll probably be there a week before All Stars, and then I'll have All Star weekend to figure stuff out, and then we get to the first tournament of the year, um, and then I'll be able to probably you know I I try to stick the 18 to 20 discs in my bag, and so I'm gonna probably only have a couple. I'll probably I bet I'll lean on a couple molds pretty heavily. I'll probably just throw like overstable driver, pretty neutral driver. Overstable fairway, maybe overstable mid and putter. I mean, that's it, it'll be really simple, I think, for the first couple of events as I figure out how my discs fly. Because you have discs that fly differently in different winds. You can have some that flies the same in no wind, two discs that fly the same in no wind, and then you get a little windy out, and one becomes more inconsistent. And so, having away the options there is is going to be kind of interesting. And it'll probably happen during tournaments and stuff. And as I feel more comfortable, uh, I think you know I'll have maybe a couple better finishes.
1: Nice. What about, uh, what about, let's get into the cash, your actual contract. Yeah. Give why, us the uh, exact, give you, give us the exact number. We're just going to get it out of you. What's, what's the, the exact uh, number? What's the reasoning of
0: not having that be public? Your <laughs> um, first, your first no, big deal. Brody, make them get,
1: give it public well, right I'm, now.
0: Well, I'm just asking. I'm asking whose decision was he that? He
1: wanted to do it on tour life. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah. That was the agreement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not allowed to disclose Duh. really anything. I, the only thing I can say about my contract is, um, I mean, three years, obviously I'll be getting some Gannon bird discs and like, a, you know, very similar. I mean, it's same thing as like Kyle Klein with his creator series Vanguard or, you know, the Eagle the Eagle cloud breaker. So stuff like that, I'll be getting my own version. Um, but I mean, like I said before, in a contract, I look for solid base structure and or solid base salary and good bonus structure, and I felt like my deal was pretty pretty solid in that. And so I'm, I mean, I'm this man. was really easy to work with too. Uh, Austin Montgomery, who I worked a lot with. I mean, I can call, I could text him, and he'd respond in probably less than five minutes any time of the day. It could be eleven o'clock at night, and he'd respond. And so um, it was that. And then also him just being a really cool guy. Uh, it made the like kind of negotiation process really easy because I'd say something and it'd be like talking to a friend. It's not super like, I guess I could I'd say like professional in a way it feels like I you know I'm talking to a friend. It's a lot more efficient because I was, I was able to feel comfortable around him and say actually how I felt instead of, you know, maybe saying something just to please someone. Um, and so that I think, I, you know, I think Dismania and myself, we are very, very happy with in my agreement.
0: I guess, I guess, see if you can answer this question because with Prodigy, you, you kind of almost had like what, what people would call like a rookie contract, right? Where the rookie comes in, um, you get them at a pretty good discount. And then if they turn out to be a superstar, then they all of a sudden sign this massive contract. Is that kind of what happened here of where, you know, you had already locked yourself in with Prodigy and... You were just kind of waiting for that to finish, so then you could get a bigger contract. Like, is this a substantially bigger contract than the one that
3: you previously? Can had? Can you brought? say
1: what you were making from Prodigy now that Good it's question, over? Good question, Yuli.
3: Good question. Oh, I, I wish I knew the answer to that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, talk to talk to your lawyers. <laughs> well, right now, we'll get an answer. Um, I say it's
1: probably wise. I don't say. Uh, <laughs> All right. It's like. Given the track record, I, I wouldn't say anything.
0: always <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get you in trouble. Um, yeah, can you say, can
3: anything good for me?
1: Uh,
0: are, I mean, are you going to be able to eat a lot of chicken McNuggets at McDonald's?
3: Yeah, let's just say like, like um, how many? Like how many more?
0: <laughs> yeah, like, how many more chicken McNuggets are we talking? At least like a hundred
1: thousand more. A hundred thousand more chicken nuggets. Uh, nice. I like that answer. Nice. That's a lot of nice. chicken
0: nuggets, man. A lot of a lot of, nice. lot of McNuggets. A lot of McNuggets. Um, all right. You you brought up Kyle Klein a little bit. I do want to mention, I do want to talk about this because I think the the way that Dismania made the announcement, I think was confusing for some. Did you think that when did they did you have any say in the wording? And the wording for those that don't know is the future starts tomorrow. And then that's when they announced that you were signing with Dismania. So did, were you aware that that's like the tagline that they were going to go to with the marketing of you signing?
3: No, I, I didn't know about that until like I got the first couple like images of the promo. Um,
0: okay. Yeah. Because the, the, and obviously you, you said you went out and did a bunch of stuff with, Uh, Gannon or sorry, Gavin and Alden and Eagle had Simon in his announcement. And it was just something something that I always find interesting is just to see that a lot of these manufacturers do the team aspect, but then like it doesn't always add up, right? Of where James Conrad wasn't in Eagle's announcement video or part of it, it was Simon and Eagle, and then with this. They say the future, the future starts tomorrow, and people are like, "Well, Kyle Klein's like a major champion. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's still there. What's going on?" So that you just you didn't know, you didn't really have any say in yeah. kind of like the marketing side of how this media wanted to do it.
3: Yeah, I didn't think like twice. I didn't even think twice about like the Kyle thing because, like, in my like in in my opinion, like it's like a. I guess you can look at it like they're like disrespecting Kyle, but at the same time, like it, it, it's my announcement video. It's not like, you know, like it, like we're not, we're not, not focusing on Kyle. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know how, how else to say. it. It's just my announcement video. You know, you know, it I, I guess they could have yeah, done, a, done a promo like with like me and Kyle and Alden or everyone, Gavin, or whoever's on the team mm-hmm. too. But like, um, Uh, I I don't, there was definitely no, like, it wasn't on on
0: your side of things. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It wasn't meant to give off that kind of, kind of feel. I think it it was more just like, yeah, Gannon's on the team. I think it's kind of like, I guess like I'm another like piece of the puzzle um, of, you know, the, having the future because Kyle's already young and then you add me and we're a super young team with two major wins combined. And so like together, like, I helped, like, kind of finish, I guess, the future of the team in a way. So, I think that's another, a more positive way to look at it. Um, yeah.
0: The way I took it, and you said it earlier, you know, you had Simon and Eagle, they were the staples of Dismania. They're both gone now. And now you have Kyle, Gavin, Gannon, and Alden. The future yeah. starts, like, that's the way I think they were trying to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think some people took it the, the analogy of where, you know, you have a quarterback. In the NFL, and then you draft in the first round a quarterback, and that other quarterback, obviously, it's a little bit different, but that other quarterback's like, wait, wait, wait a second. Like, are, do you not trust that I'm the future here? You're like, you're going out and having to draft another quarterback. I think that's how yeah, some people yeah. kind of perceived it, but the way you described it probably makes it's probably what they were trying to go for, but yeah, um, yeah. It, it probably just slipped through the cracks a little bit for some. Uh, Let's see. The other things I wanted to ask you, um, you kind of talked a little bit about your offseason of not being able to throw as much outside. So what are things that you're doing to kind of keep your game sharp going into uh, next season?
3: Um, I've been trying to exercise uh, a little bit more um, and definitely just like do network and putting in the basement. Now, I haven't had a ton of putting in the basement, a little bit less than I think and. I can make up excuses and stuff, uh, but I'm, well, I'm, I'm deciding between two different putters right now: uh, the Link and the P3X. And so, um, now the P3X hasn't been made in the Discmania made mold yet in uh, their D line, so their putter plastic. And I think those are. I think we're we're working on getting me a box very very soon. That way, I can start practicing with a lot of them and testing those those ones out because the mold is different than the older mold that they had. Um, And so I only have like, I think I have like maybe 10, 10 links to putt with, but you know, I, I think I'd prefer the P3 X. And so I only have like two or four P3 X's. And if you know me, I usually have like 50 discs when I practice putt and I just like rep them. Um, But I'll be, I'll be getting those soon. I'll, I'll probably try to still do my, you know, two to 500 putts a day. Uh, I just do a lot of walking. Um, so it's, it's not uh, not a big deal, but... Um, Get your steps in. Well, yeah. you know
1: what you can have? You can have two putters, two baskets, mm-hmm. back and forth.
3: Yeah, Have that's you true. ever thought I, I about that? I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I, that? That could work.
0: <laughs> it it'll less, it'll cut your walking in half. Or someone out there can invent like... Basketball has where you can shoot a hoop, it goes yeah. into the net, and it shoots back at you. I
3: don't know why we Can't, don't have that. We need, need like it like a thing that, like, screws com- the disc at you.
0: Either that or, like, a, a conveyor belt where, like, it goes into the basket yeah. and then it goes onto this conveyor belt, and the conveyor belt comes back and you can just
1: grab it. Ooh, yeah. That'd be a uh, good technology. Yeah, very,
0: very expensive, I think. Um, Hula, well, did well,
1: you did you getting, have anything else? Or do, well, do you well, want to go to – an extra hundred thousand chicken nuggets. Yeah, I mean, might you be able to come up with something. Yeah,
3: I can spend um, on something else instead. <laughs> I,
0: I do love hearing about your pet peeves, and we've had you on the show before. But are do we have any new pet peeves moving into the twenty twenty four season that you would like gosh. to share with the audience?
3: I don't know why I don't prepare myself for this. Like I need to have them ready <laughs> because I have so many that I'm just like get under my skin. Um, gosh. Do you have any? Just get my
1: brain rolling. <laughs>
3: Ooh,
1: do I have any new ones? What's some new, new ones?
3: ones? Mm. Let, me oh, let me look at my phone. Give me like thirty seconds. We'll see if <laughs> it's I. It's get... like
1: I write them all down.
3: I write all these.
0: down. <laughs> I have a full list of. Uh, I guess. I guess a good one of mine is people that oh, I got if you one. bring. Okay, you go.
3: Well, you you finish yours if you want.
0: Oh, no, I was just gonna say a pet peeve of mine is like if you bring up a topic or something that you would like to see changed instead of like having an actual discussion about it, people can just shut it down by just saying like you're complaining um, versus actually having like an open discussion. That to me, I think is not a, not helpful in uh, trying to make disc golf better.
3: So mine is, um, and it's not like it's going to sound bad, I guess, but don't say it. No, I'm (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's why I said that before. Um, And it's all, it's They're. Everyone's a nice, everyone's a nice person if they're taking their time to message you. Uh, but, and, and now I also see it from the, their perspective too, because so the, I'll, I'll say the pet peeve is whenever, you know, someone just sent, like, like a, someone just sends you a book. Basically they just send you a lot of letters like
0: um, wait are you talking about like someone that is texting you this or are they dming no, like you? fan like
1: a fan texting like a fan, like a fan dming me okay
0: a dm okay okay
3: uh well and like and it gets it gets really bad sometimes are um, you reading that what uh I, I i try i try to do my best to like read like, everything because i feel wow. bad if i respond so um oh, brother oh, you can't no. feel
0: you can't feel bad about that
3: dude i know. Oh,
0: there, i mean you're gonna you're gonna spend but, your whole so, th- your whole life on, on on your phone
3: yeah i know um so well like you know i, I asked a couple of questions in the like disney collectors group about some discs and then you know all super nice people but uh just like maybe their like text wasn't as like efficient as it could have been and kind of like the, <laughs> the small talk portion like hey man how how's it been i've been watching you for blah 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 years and I have a kid that plays disc golf and he looks up to you, but then I also have these discs, or Oh gosh, discs. I want to send you and like, you know, they're, they're being really nice. And I was on that side of it too. Cause I remember messaging people like even Kevin Jones and I would send him like a, a full, like full paragraph, a big paragraph. And Lots I was of letters. Like, Cause I wanted to feel like I wanted to see him as, as professional as I like, could get. And that was like three years ago, probably. Um, I might even said you won, Brody. Yeah, I don't even know. But, like, I he mean, he didn't
1: look at it. <laughs> yeah, it I
0: never
2: did see
3: like no I, I did not see I it. Like, we'll, we'll like, be pretty quick to comment stuff, and they, like, misunderstood it or misread it or misheard something, and then it, like, makes you look bad, or, like, it's like it's, like, the very bad side of something you might have said. They just, like, take it really terribly and start spreading rumors and stuff. Like... This one guy, I. This one guy.
0: I feel like we're we're your therapist right now. Yeah. Like you're just you're you're we're sitting you're sitting down, lying down. Me like, yeah, man. I gotta tell you about this one guy. He left a comment <laughs> on my.
3: Yeah. Really got I, to me. I have so many. I'm gonna like next time I come on tour life. I I can promise you, I'm gonna have like a list of like thirty. Okay. We're, we're to okay. an Go through every single one of them because. We'll yeah, do a,
0: we'll do a full spe- special on Ganon's pet peeves, please.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, I have a, I have a bunch of pet peeves. So, wait,
0: what, is, so what is your pet peeve? That people just send you super long messages. That's the pet peeve.
3: Uh, like like uh, a, like like a
0: just very, don't read them. Just don't read them. Because <laughs> I are
3: terrible.
1: <laughs> you're well, saying I'm, be, I'm if you're gonna like message freedom. me, be quicker. Be quicker. To, like, like get your point across. Or be yeah, a little like, more I person, like be a, a little a... more personable.
0: I'll say it's very cute that you're telling people to be quicker about something, Gannon. Oh boy. I'm
1: gonna, do that slowly, boy. I'm gonna come out and do I, a had to. The I had
0: to. You set you um, set it up right. yourself up for that one.
1: <laughs> okay,
3: whatever. Um, <laughs> but like yeah, just just PSA um to uh to some fans. You know, we, we do care about you, but just keep your message straight to the point. You don't have to introduce anything. Just if you have a question, just say it. We'll answer it. I will answer <laughs> it. Maybe the, maybe Brody and Paul. Yeah, won't. do
0: not say we will answer that. You can, you can be
3: my fan. I, I'm at a point. I need, to keep, I need to build my fan base up. Maybe.
1: There you, you know, go. Famous as you guys. It's hard. It's hard
3: for what maybe he's saying is.
1: With all these messages, it's hard for him to, because he does respond to all of them, I'm going to say yes. here, he does respond right. to all yeah. of them, so it'd be a lot easier if you just got to the point so he can get to more people, which is very admirable of you to yeah. do. Yeah, it makes sense.
3: Or like, I, I have a couple pet peeves just about like, I mean, when you're on the course and stuff, like uh, like you, you you miss a 60-footer, and it's an air ball, and someone says good bid. Oh, Even, I mean, it could have been close, but like, it didn't, it didn't hit any metal. It didn't go in. Um, stuff, do you guys,
1: stuff. I got a, I got a question. Do you guys or do this? Saying,
3: oh, much better than I could have done. I don't like that oh, one. Oh, That's
1: a tough one. I'm like, well, it... uh, I'm a pro. I don't know. <laughs> 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 does, does this happen to you? You throw up, you throw up a putt and, uh, you know, it's going to miss, but you kind of like act like it's got a chance. You give it a little lean. I've done that before, knowing so that like I'm not that embarrassed about like yeah. how bad it misses, and to so to the crowd I try to like like lean it in so They're that like, they oh, maybe have. Oh, I almost had that one oh, on. That's, maybe,
3: that's I missed that one. Yeah, you know? weird, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: re- I don't relate to that. I throw putts up, and I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm my, as my shocked putt, as
3: everyone else. My putt in the playoff against Andrew Perezno for Mid America Open last year, like. I think it was like a a 23-footer. So Eh. I don't know why everyone's saying it was 20 feet. It was not 20 feet. Yeah, it might have been shorter. It was (laughs) definitely not. It was much outside 20 feet. Uh, It was between 20 and 25. And like, I don't know. I I seriously don't know if I've ever felt more embarrassed because it's like (laughs) – I, th- I thought my like, I thought my life was over because my whole like ice in the veins thing that I have going for me was gone. Everything was gone. <laughs> um, and then luckily, like two weeks later, I won Idlewild and started the fourth round off or third round off with like four circle twos in a row. And then I won and I was like, I'm back. I'm back, baby. Everything, no, no one even remembers that. So I, they forgot about it. So I'm good. I, I mean, but I don't know. If I didn't save myself at Idlewild, who knows where I'd be? I might not even be playing disc golf anymore
0: it's the yips that's like a real thing people get it gets in your head
3: but like most of the time they go in with the yips, that's, no, not the yips.
0: <laughs> that's not the yips the yips is like literally someone that's a good basketball shooter can't shoot anymore someone that used to be good at chipping literally just chunks and skulls the ball like it, what, it, what it, what you're you
3: saying my like chop where i'm like yep yeah, but it still goes in the yips for you would you have be to like miss. you let the miss for it to be a yip yes yeah. Yeah. yes what if it's like okay, but you could have a putt that like I don't know. You could have a putt that hits one chain low left and squeaks in, or you could have a putt that hits hard chains high right and falls out. But the the high right putt was a, technically a better putt. I don't know. For,
0: for for someone to have the yips in putting, yes, I agree. Like there has to be maybe some of the that uh, indecisiveness of when to actually putt. That's part of it. But also, the, the result also has to be negative. Mm, so, okay. if you were like a 90 percent putter inside of circle one, and all of a sudden, like you don't know when to like release, and then you turn into like a 75 percent putter inside so of circle like one,
3: then because like, I, I had one yip, what would you call that? Just a miss, just a miss no, that, that was a
0: brain, yeah, brain fart. I was just like, yeah, a,
3: it was definitely a brain fart. Oh, like on that putt, I was like focusing on everything because when I step up to a putt, especially in a high pressure situation, I always remind myself see the line that's the only thing that matters because like when i have a like any putt honestly on the course where i'm you know i have a decent focus uh especially those big situations because i always remind myself it's like you know pretend you're practice putting and you just hit a putt perfect right before and you saw the line of how the putt went in that's just what i imagine on my my pressure putt and i like on that putt i just like there was nothing in my brain i was like i don't even know what i was thinking i just threw the disc missed the putt Then got a reality check and I banged the 30 footer. That didn't even matter. I don't even know why I putted it, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You live and you learn. You live and you learn. Yeah.
3: All
1: right.
0: Yuli, hit him with the uh, final question here. Yeah. Who
1: you got now since the last time? Who on the course do you look at and you're like, man, that's, I wish I had that?
3: Oh, gosh. I don't know. Any, any like,
0: any up and comers? Anyone that's
3: like, yeah.
0: That's um, like that could be like the next Burr, the next young prodigy, if you will. Not to. I,
3: I like I like Paul Kranz and how he like he gets a lot of like per, he has like really good timing, um, and he has like good snap and good commitment to shots. He just seems like he's him and Kyle Klein are like I feel like the same player. They're just like super well rounded in every aspect. Um, I think I mean I feel like putting is probably the only part of my game that. You know, I think people would want from me. Um, Even though, you know, I I feel like a majority of the weekends I can be a top fifteen backhand and top twenty five sidearm. But like top twenty five sidearm club, welcome to it. Yeah, yeah, you're you are. Congrats. (laughs) Um, I I think uh, like Sullivan Tipton's forehand is like the greatest forehand of all time. I think he's like my number one player. Like people don't understand how good his forehand is unless you've seen it in person. Like he was. He was throwing 20 feet past the drops on a hole 12 at USDGC, which is like Insane, a bomb yeah. for a backhand. And he's parking hole 16 on a spike forehand. And then he goes to 65 feet away at water and throws a little touch forehand upshot. Like who does that? And so accurately he hole one, he threw a, a, a soul on hole one at USDGC. Oh, I love that. Like he's crazy talented. Um, like I'm jealous of germs, late flipping fairway driver or like, Wraith forehands, I'm super jealous of that. Um, now, my forehands, if you just looked at my forehands and what did I throw, you'd say I'm a pretty good forehand player, but I don't have that kind of depth. I'm a really good scramble player, but I don't have the off the tee, I feel like. Um, and then I think I like Calvin and Isaac's backhand consistency. Um, there's not really a shot that they can do that much better than me. Maybe Calvin like with like a low hyzer is probably the only one, um, but then I also have the flex on them. Uh, but like, I, I think just their consistency, cause I feel like at least last year, 2022, I felt pretty good about my backhand, but last year there was only like three to five weekends where I felt like I was me and I could just focus on the shot. The other ones I had to like, think about my form and it was really frustrating because like, I see these other players and they're just like walking up, throwing the disc. It feels like they're very feel based and they just feel good about the shot where I'm just like, I don't even know what's going on with my <laughs> backhand. Um, and sometimes it, it worked out. Sometimes it was really awful. I wasn't as consistent as I, I was in 2022. Uh, I did get more wins, which was nice. But uh, I felt like when I was off, I was pretty off. Where in 2022, if I was off, I was still getting eighth place, at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, the fields have gotten deeper. And also, I think I've, ta- I've talked to and heard this from a lot of professional golfers that they would much rather increase their ceiling if that meant that their floor was going to drop. Versus being in the middle because by increasing your ceiling, you actually have chances of winning yeah, versus yeah, if that you, that is true. If you bring your floor up, but by bringing your floor up, you also drop your ceiling. It's hard, much, much harder to win. But
3: I mean, um, in, in uh in 2022, I had the lowest average finish of any player on the tour. I was consistently the best player on the tour in terms of finish based. Uh, But I, you know, if I didn't win USDGC, I only won one silver series. And so, I was very consistent and playing really well, but like, just who cares? You got to win. People care yeah. about the wins. They do yeah. care
0: about the wins. You I feel don't like have to remind me about me. When that. I, when
3: I, <laughs> like my mindset, when I get into a higher pressure situation or something that means a lot more, like it like flips a switch in my brain. I just play so much better when I'm in a, in a like serious situation. I have a hard time starting a tournament actually, but when I get, if I'm, if I have a chance to win, I think I won, 3 of the 5 times I had a chance last year on Elite Series. So, um I do pretty solid about closing out. I just have to get to that point. Yeah. Nice.
0: All right, well, Gannon, we'll let you go. We appreciate you taking the time to jump on here. We wish you all the best of luck next year and uh with your new Dismania team and yeah. we look forward to seeing all the content you and your little hooligans will put out next year and enjoy all those extra nuggets you get to eat.
3: Um I'm excited. All right, all right, we thanks, appreciate buddy. it. All right, take it easy, Gannon. you guys, have a good one.
0: All right, there's Gannon Burr, ladies and gentlemen. You can check him out at the All-Star event here in the upcoming weeks as well, throwing some new plastic, seeing some different jer- you know hats and jerseys and all that stuff. It'll be very, very exciting. All right, Yuli, we still have a lot to discuss. So I'm gonna try to fly through some of this so it's not a five-hour episode. Let's talk real quick about player movement. We have obviously Alden Harris, we've talked about this a little bit. He ends up joining Team Disc Mania. Chris Clemens joins Team Discraft. Gavin Rathbun posts posts on Instagram letting everyone know that he's leaving Dynamic disc and doesn't really know what's going on. Uh, this is an interesting post. It says, Thank you, Dynamic Disc, for the past two years of support. I'm not sure any plans for the 2024 season. I know I'm not done with disc golf quite yet, but I know if worse comes to worse, I have a whole year to get my body and mind on the same path. Thank all of you for the support. Couldn't have been doing it without you guys. Um so interesting, like kind of throws it up there of like maybe not even playing next season. Yeah. And this, I mean, this guy was this guy was a world he was a top 20 guy at one point. So yeah. um kind of kind of got that that injury that that knocked him off a little bit. So Hopefully someone picks him up. Dude's got a lot of potential, a lot of skills. So hopefully someone does pick him up and he can uh, tour next year as well. We have Aaron Gossage re-signing with Discraft for two years. And then the no word. These These are people we haven't heard anything from. We know they're leaving, but we don't know anything else than that. Nicholas Antilla, Chandler Kramer, Parker Welk, Sullivan Tipton.
1: We just know they're leaving. Haven't heard anything about that either. Weird that Gannon kind of brought up Sullivan Tipton. Ooh. Out of nowhere. Ooh. Look at that detective
0: work by you. You I know. Let's go. I like that. All right. We're jumping to our wild story of the week here. It starts off saying, my buddy lost a disc in Denver. Three months later, he got a call from a guy that found it 60 miles away in Colorado Springs. We drove down to play a few courses and get his disc back. We pull up to the guy's house and he tells us that he used he used it the day prior and aced with it. He knew we were coming to get the, the following day but still inked up his ace accomplishment on the back of the disc and then happily gave it back.
1: Thoughts on this
0: etiquette, Yuli?
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? Somebody did that to me last year.
0: Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Lost oh. the disc. They didn't ace with it. They just inked the back of it and then handed it back to me. Oh. And I was uh, a wild move, wild it, move. Hey, you know what? I got the disc back. It flies the same. I'm happy to get it back. Personally, you probably shouldn't be riding on somebody's disc, but at the same time, it's better than them keeping it.
0: That is true. The only time I've ever found someone's disc and thrown it is when it's like some dark horse disc that I've never heard of. I'll pick a disc up and be like, this is 125 gram something. I'm like, I have to, I have to at least throw to this. Go. I have to just see how this flies. <laughs> um, but uh, if you have a wild story, send it into our intern, David, wildstorytour at gmail.com. That is wildstorytour at gmail.com. And we might just, we might just read it right here live on air. You never know. Um, All right, let's jump into something juicy real quick. Here we go. This guy tweeted me out. He says, hey, Brody, what's the chances we can hear you both chirp on this? So obviously he got my attention. He posts a screenshot, and I'm guessing this is from maybe one of Drew's YouTube videos. A comment said, love your candidness, Drew. Would love to see you on tour life and have this conversation in greater detail with Brody and Yuli. But I agree with everything you said here, man. Drew responds saying, they would not have me on the show. They just use my tweets and comments for likes and shares. Which, which David, who runs our Twitter account. Uh, quickly found the episode that Drew was actually on tour life and did like a funny little meme with that. But what are your thoughts on that on, on Drew Gibson saying that we use his name for likes and shares?
1: Uh, um, Drew is welcome on the show. <laughs> Always has been. I don't, as far as I am, as far as I go, I don't know about Brody, but as far as I can say, Drew is always welcome on the show. If
0: we have something, here's the thing. We get people on the show that we want to talk to. If if there's something that we want to talk to you about, or there's something going on, you don't have to, you know, someone just said, win an event and he'll be on the show. You don't have to win an event to come on tour life. We have people all the time. Um, So if if there's something that we want to talk about, we'll gladly ask you to come on. Absolutely.
1: Now, as far as using his his stuff to give give ourselves likes, and I mean that's just crazy talk, man. Um, I feel like we're not clickbaity. I feel
0: like I try to do my best. I'm the one that comes up with the titles for yeah. each episode. I think I try to he's do my refer- best. He's
1: re- here's the thing. He's referring to the time where I replied to the thing where he replied on. He said it. He responded to our reel. Mm-hmm. You pulled it up. Yeah. Right after he did it because we were live. And then I replied to that. Yeah. So, how are we using his stuff to get likes and shares when he replied to my thing <laughs> and then I replied to him replying to my reel? That's a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, but uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense the way it, where I'm sitting. Drew's welcome on the show. This
0: is now twice that we've been called clout chasers. There comes the balloons. <laughs> this is now twice we've been called clout chasers. One from Maria Leva, and now from Drew Gibson.
1: Yeah, no, this is we a, might be clout. We might be clout chasing. Youly, it's a podcast where you get the where you, put, you bring people on the show that where they're big time in the news, like with these, um, like with Gannon and with Eagle. Like that's mm-hmm. for you guys. That's not for us personally. We're doing this to get a podcast trying cast. to have a good show we're exactly trying to have a, good, a show. good show i mean whatever it on to the next subject
0: all right next oh there's the meme It just got brought up i don't know if you saw that but uh that's the uh that's the meme go follow us on tour life on uh on twitter and instagram while you're at it why not all right disc golf pro tour world standings point structure so i just want to run through this real quickly i i love this idea i think the way that the world rankings and all that stuff currently is, is not really set up too great. And so the Disc Golf Pro Tour said, hey, we're gonna start our own world standings. So this is how it works. You got the Disc Golf Pro Tour, 16 events are eligible. Disc Golf Pro Tour Plus, four events are eligible. Playoffs, two events are eligible. And then you've got majors, three for the MPO, four for the FPO, because the FPO has five majors, and or, I think they have five majors, right? Or five that count as majors? They did as last year, yeah. Um, So points, uh, a win for the Disc Golf Pro Tour is 100 points. Disc Golf Pro Tour Plus, 125. Playoff, 150. Major, 200. And then uh, they give you kind of a breakdown of total possible points available. So basically what this is, they basically just have the disc golf pro tour standings. And now they've just added in the majors to now come up with the world rankings. And now that there are more events over in Europe, I think this is going to work a lot better because you would have some guys be super high in the world rankings, but you really didn't know who they were because they would only play in Europe. They never would play in the States. I think this is going to be better for everyone involved. So we'll see how it works out in the first year, but very, very cool. Um, Next thing, they also announced event registration. Look at this, Yuli. If you want to be tier one and register for an event now, you have to be 1010 10 and higher.
1: Gets you into an event for yeah, tier I just, one. I just saw that for the... Um... Champions Cup as well. But the, Cham- the No tier- Champions
0: Cup's ten twenty. Ten twenty.
1: Yeah. I'm actually yeah. tier two in that because I'm thousand I am too. I'm thousand nineteen. Yeah, I, I checked I had to check my rating to see
0: when I could sign up. I'm tier two as well.
1: Yeah. So I, I might not even be playing in that event.
0: I might not either. Very true. I don't know if there's that many people ten twenty and up. I think that number is actually like less than sixty or so. There's not but we're gonna left. have
1: to be ready for the we're gonna yes. Yes, we will have to be ready. Here's the thing. Talk to me. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's the silliest thing ever. I get it, but it's silly. It's silly that there's still there's enough players that have played on the Pro Tour. The Pro Tour is the place to be. I don't care what anybody says, the PDGA, whatever, whatever you guys want to see. Say, the Pro Tour has the best players, the, all the stuff if you are ranked in that on the pro tour it's pretty easy those are the best players those are the people who should be getting into the tournaments and as and as the sport moves forward it's going to be harder to get on the pro tour via it's going to be harder to get hopefully in the majors, which I feel like they should switch it to that. And then Mm -hmm. if there's extra spots, then do whatever you want. I don't know how it is. I still don't think there should ever be a ratings base to get into a tournament. I think there should be qualifiers and not just like, Oh, top five, get in top. The top five are always going to be in. They're always going to be in because they're going to be 10 30 plus for the most part. Yes. You get what I mean? So it's, there's, it's a little broken in my, opinion. I, I agree point. with you.
0: It doesn't make, it doesn't make all that much sense that we're like going online to try to get Taylor Swift tickets. And it's, just like who has the fastest internet it, that doesn't make too sense. I, I, again, this is an issue that they didn't really have. And I yeah. think you bring up a good point. It's going to continue to get worse and worse and worse, right? Yep. You're going to have tons. I and mean, we do a segment on off season where we have to guess players um division that they play in and players ratings and there's been people on there that have been like 10,005, 10,10, 10,15 and I know players that are in the thousands but they're playing tournaments that suit their game they're playing courses that suit their game there's a massive difference between being a thousand ten rated player at b tiers versus being a thousand 10 rated at the pro tour, right? The courses are very different. Yeah. So I agree. Like the issue is going to only get worse as you know, now we have 10,000 people that are a thousand plus or whatever it is. Right. And I agree with you. You, you don't want to have a situation that we saw it's at champions cup problem. last. Yes, exactly. Okay. Shut up, Brody, move on. Um, Let's see here. I don't really care about that. So we're going to skip that. Let's jump to Edwin's Stats. Hopefully this will be a new segment. Yuli, you already kind of saw this. You, I saw you send it to me over on Instagram. Um, so Edwin is going to be our stats guy. This guy is a monster, right? One of the things I talked to him about was how I thought the fairway percentage was a broken stat. And he's like, you know what? Let me, let me dive into that. And he did. And so we're going to pull this up. Hopefully this is a segment. If you guys like this segment, definitely let me know in the comments. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, but we're gonna call this Edwin Stats, and so what he's doing here is he's doing a deep dive into driving accuracy statistics. So currently, right now, how driving accuracy is um, calculated is if you play a par three, it's C two greens in regulation or better. If you play a par four, it's drive in the fairway or in C two or better. And then if you play a par five, both the drive and the second shot are recorded. Same logic as par four. Par, par four. How it should be calculated. Par, sh- par threes should be removed. And we should only look at hitting the fairway on par fours and par fives. Once you remove par threes, some interesting players jump into the top of the list for 2023. So first off, we're going to look at the 2023 average driving accuracy for MPO. The average driving accuracy for MPO, 73%. Top driving accuracy the last five years. In 2023, you have Calvin at 80.6. In 2021, you have Paul McBeth at 79.6. In 2023, you have Isaac Robinson at 78.3. At 2023, you have Chris Dickerson at 78. In 2021, you have Calvin again at 77.8. Now, Looking at this, last year, I had no idea, Yuli. We played over 50% of the holes we played last year on tour were par threes. I had no idea. Uh, 41.8% were par fours, and 8% were par fives. And then also looking at breakdown, the par threes are the ones that have the lowest fairway percentage. So 62% hit par threes, 82% hit the par fours, and then 84% hit the par fives. Looking further into this, now we're going to the 2023 top 10. You've got Calvin, Isaac, Chris Dickerson, Aaron Gossage, Ezra Robinson, Andrew Presnell, Kyle Klein, Cole Redolin, Albert Tam, and Simon Lazat. However, if you go in there and you manually remove all the par threes, your number one driving accuracy on par fours and par fives is actually Andrew Presnell at 87%. Number two, Chris Clemens at eighty six point nine percent, and number three, who wasn't even in the top ten list, you have Bradley Williams at eighty six point four percent. So, I don't, I don't have all the answers on why this is, but I kind of can speculate. I think some of the more aggressive guys, and when you talk about like Calvin Heinberg or Isaac Robinson those guys are aggressive. They are trying to go for every single shot. Their percentages, when you add in the part threes, I think definitely go up versus someone like an Andrew president or Chris Clemens, maybe on some of the part threes that are the longer ones or whatever, maybe they're not being as aggressive as Calvin yeah. and Isaac. So when you look at part fours and part fives, where it's about placement and putting yourself in position to score Someone like a Presnell does that very, very well. The best. <laughs> yeah. It's actually, I, I found this to be very, very interesting. So if you guys like more statistics like this, we're going to have Edwin d- dive into more stuff too in the future. And uh, really cool to have that resource for us to, to and when move you, forward. And
1: when you think about Prezi and the way that he drives the disc, that does not, that is not a, something that is surprising to me at all. No. That guy hits fairways.
0: And it makes sense too, because on par threes you can set up par threes to be forehand. Like this is a forehand shot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder to do that. Yeah, it's a lot harder to do that on par fours and fives. And so if you eliminate that from him, uh, that makes that makes a lot of sense. All right, this week in Foundation Disc Golf we have the Connor subscription box. I'm not sure how many of these are available, so you'll have to check it out on FoundationDisc.com. I was told that. People, as they sign up for the subscription box, if they don't re-sign up on that day, a new one can show up. So if it does say sold out right now, tomorrow, there might be someone that doesn't renew. And so their spot would open up. You just kind of have to check every day if you are. Did everyone hear that, Silas? Did you just talk to me? You just talked to me. Okay, Silas just said there are four available right now. This box is pretty sick. So if you watch Foundation Disc Golf's YouTube channel, one of my favorite series is the Break 86. The video that he ended up breaking the 86, he used the Shaman, and it has his face on it, which I don't know if we have a photo of that that we can show to our YouTube viewers. But he also, there it is, but he also used the Passion. He had this Passion in in his bag, and I was like, you throw this better than any other disc. Like, Stop Gotta trying throw to this. throw these, yeah. stop trying to throw these distance drivers that go the same distance. Stop trying to throw this fairway driver. That th- Just change the angle a little bit on this disc and throw this disc. So he has a break 86 passion, um, with the big 86 on it. And then he also has a rock. So if you're interested in the Connor subscription box, there you have it, uh, check out foundationdisc.com. Um, other than that, Shout out to all our new tour life crew members. We got a bunch tonight. Appreciate you guys. You guys are the ones that really make this show continue the way it's going. We really appreciate it. All the people in the chat tonight, you guys have been awesome. Uh, new merch too. Yuli, hopefully you'll have it next week, but uh, we got the new, new merch. I'm wearing the tour life hoodie with the tour life hat. And you guys have been uh, crushing it. Our um, I have the, I have the Yuli horse shirt underneath too. Oh yeah. Um, The Yuli Horse hoodie, number one seller. So shout out to Tour Life showing up. Really appreciate all the support. Cannot wait to see these on the course. Our weekly battle between Spotify listeners and Apple Podcasts. Spotify is slowly, slowly, slowly getting closer and closer to 1,000. We are at 895 reviews on Spotify, 244 on Apple, and uh, I don't know. We'll Maybe I'll do I'll do some sort of one of these things or whatever once we hit um, a thousand Spotify reviews. But uh, we got anything else, Yuli? Silas, did we miss anything? Anything else you guys wanted? To, oh, Captain Raptor! Yes,
1: yes, is that released tomorrow, Yuli? Yeah, it is. Yep. All right, t- tell them where they can get it. Your local retailer. I mean, everybody's advertising them right now. You can get them at the Foundation website for sure. I think,
0: uh, we sold out of the pre-sale, by the way. Oh. Perfect. That's so awesome. You can yep. go
1: to uh, Discraft.com, go to the team page and you find those there, but you're also going to be able to go to your local shop, walk in the door tomorrow, and if they still have them, they will be there, so make sure you support. Um, all, the, all the retailers and online stores did a great job of pre-buying uh, those for you guys, and they've been advertising and doing an absolute killer job. We actually sold more this season than last season, which is wow. incredible because this is definitely, uh, uh, the market has gone down from last year in almost everything. So mm-hmm. I appreciate the support. Um, that means everything to me. And, uh, I really like the way they turned out too. I threw, I've been throwing them the last couple of weeks when I have been able to get out and I absolutely love it. It's getting, it's going in the bag. So go to your yeah. local retailer and grab one of those bad boys. I'm going to be honest with you, Lee.
0: I think I'm, I think I'm putting it in the bag as well. I, I found some machete, runs of Machete last year that I really, really liked, and so I kind of had it in that slot. If you ever feel like you have a hard time getting grip on a disc, I, I do. For whatever reason, with some plastics, it just doesn't feel like I have that much grip. These things are money. They have, it's, it's, it's not the tackiness of where you feel like you can't release the disc, but it is, it has that, I don't know, the soft, plat- something with it, I almost want them to run this type other of plastic discs. and a bunch of other discs to yeah. try out. Yeah, as well. Um, Silas just told me too, we will have 50 of these okay. on the site tomorrow. So foundationdisc.com, 50 of them. There's the promo as well. Pick yourself up a Captain's Raptor. And uh, maybe maybe next week when we go live, we would love to hear in the comments. Let us know what you guys thought about having it out in the course, testing it out, trying it. Um, maybe, maybe we'll do like a first to get an ace. Ooh, who, cool. who can get the first one with uh get an ace with a captain's raptor cool yeah and stuff shout out there.
1: to the team everybody on the underground everybody on the uh on the actual like uh pro team as well I say actual I don't mean that as a diss um everybody who went out and filmed the video to help promote that man I really appreciate that that went a long ways
0: yeah very cool stuff so shout out to our guests tonight Eagle and Gannon that was really cool having them come on and uh, getting to kind of pick their brains a little bit about what made them make the decision to go with a new sponsor this year, how they're looking going into the 2024 season. Um we've got a couple guys that still haven't made an announcement on what they're doing, so we will we will keep you guys informed there. But uh yeah man, like we're we're getting real close to the season, getting real real uh real excited about going back out and playing some disc golf into internment conditions. Yeah. I've missed it. I have definitely have missed it and uh, eager to get back out there, see all you guys out there, um, and just keep going back got, in 2024. I got my first
1: tournament this weekend. Ooh! My foundation's running a little charity event on Saturday. Guess what? 30 degrees.
0: That's going to be fun. Tomorrow's going to be <laughs> 18 or 20 degrees here I, with 20-mile-an-hour winds. Uh, me and Kelsey are going to our first card show tomorrow.
1: Oh, let's go. That's going to so, be fun.
0: Yeah, Dallas apparently is the spot to be. There's like 15 major card shows uh, that happen in well, like big ones that happen, I guess, in Dallas. So I will be there tomorrow, I think, with Kelsey. Yuli, do you want to go to the National if, it, if if it makes sense with our schedule? That's like the biggest the card show. That's like the big yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm guessing that's probably what the name I just hear people say the National. I, yeah, I think it's in I'd Chicago. I think it's in Chicago or something. Yeah, if it that, makes sense. That, If it makes sense with our schedule, that would be a fun one to go to, but, um, uh, yeah. All right. That's going to do it for us. Silas. Thank you as always for making this work. Shout out to our guests and shout out to you guys, the viewers. We really do appreciate it. Again, if you're listening to us for the first time, you're not subscribed, click the subscribe button takes a couple seconds, drop a like on this video. If you enjoyed today's episode, and then also make sure to go and subscribe to grip locks, new channel. They are approaching 10,000 subscribers.
1: Are we getting back on Tuesday next week? Is that the plan? Silas, Tuesday, how are we feeling? Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday,
0: 8 p.m. right here on Tour Life. We'll see you next time.